Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com. Welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every week. I'm Broderick Goddess. I'm Damask Leary. And this week we'll be discussing season one of The Good Place. And to help us out, we're joined by friend of the show and talented artist, Sean Kirkpatrick. Guys, <laughs> I'm so stoked to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you on, Sean. You've been meaning to do it for a while now. I'm not excited at all. No? Rod you speaks for himself alone. I know. Well, look, I mean, I'm, I'm, I just... Help you out invaluably by designing a logo and <laughs> promise, promise, me, promise me a spot on the show and leave me yeah. out in the cold for a, a whole year. For a, a year, like a sad puppy outside the window. But it's mm. time. It's time. You've come to the big leagues. You excited to be on the show, man? I'm so excited. Before we start, you should tell people about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? I'm just a cool dude trying to make it in this crazy world. <laughs> and that was the last um, one I've seen, Sean, on Hunting Seasons. <laughs> no, um, I just, uh, I'm a, a, a professional freelance uh, graphic designer slash illustrator. Um, do a bunch of arty things for a living. And Very cool arty things. Thanks, Very man. impressive arty thanks, things as man. well. I highly recommend, we pitch it every, uh, or promote it every week, but check out his Instagram uh, Shawnee Boy Draws page. Shawnee Boy Draws And Shawnee Boy Comics On Instagram Both excellent Shawnee Boy Comics is, Yeah they're both still going Aren't they It's true Although they're, they're kind of irrelevant Because they have exactly The same content It's just if you Don't, well, don't, don't want to see Well tell the people my, that Yeah I feel like I'm hogging so it just With two profiles So just do Shawnee Boy Draws then <laughs> Just do sh- I'm probably going <laughs> to be Killing off comics If it makes you feel any better We have an Instagram account With zero on it currently So uh, Do we? I do didn't want, know we had that Yeah I made it the other day It's fine <laughs> There's a link on the website it goes to content I'll make you some content Please yes Yes you can be the first thing that can be as a, yeah perfect as a just guess. draw us Great. a million pictures of boobs <laughs> that'll like, get us all they the get the likes that's yeah. all we need all right. yeah. good to know excellent and now just in terms of tv stuff um do you have any favorite television shows things that you're watching at the moment that you're enjoying yeah i watched the first episode of altered carbon last night Ooh. new netflix sci-fi new show netflix show yeah what do you reckon um, look i'm so in but i feel like i need to watch it again because they introduced so many concepts mm. uh really sort of hard sci-fi stuff that and i i have a bit of a short attention span i don't absorb things too well the first time around right so but i'm really interested i love the aesthetic i love uh the writing in it mm-hmm. joel kinnaman's a dude james purefoy's a dude so i'm on board Shawnee awesome. loves dudes Shawnee love, loves love dudes, dudes. <laughs> oh, we have to get to that one day i haven't don't know how many people have finished because it's all out yeah the whole season's yeah out. yeah they're not yeah. doing it week by week so they do sometimes. The good places. They do. Sometimes, the good, yeah. The places week by week. Star well, that's Trek an NBC is week. show though. Is the good place NBC yes. first? Uh, oh. Yes. Okay. Cool. And the same with um, 
Star Trek is its a CBS mm. show, so it comes yeah. out week by week. Mm. But we're lucky enough to get it through Netflix. Isn't that nice? Anyway, let's get things rolling. Let's start with Off Topic Hot Topic. Woo. Off Topic Hot Topic. Uh, that's whatever you were talking about for you. Uh, quick shout well, to get started with, shout out to listener Steve Jeffrey, who sent us this story. Follow up from last week, we were talking about how. Uh, what's the show? Um, American Gods. Jeez, I, like, I don't know. You, this is your <laughs> topic. American Gods lost its showrunners in mm. Brian Fuller and Michael Green. Again, but Brian Fuller has no fucking luck with the show. Can I swear? I'm sorry. Yeah, you can you. swear. First it's of fine. all, I don't think luck's got anything to do with it. It might be ability. Yeah. It, but look, I, I'm a I'm a hardcore Fuller defender. Get out. <laughs> Even though, no, no, cut the cord, Brian. <laughs> cut it. I'm done. To be fair, completely agree with all your thoughts on uh, dead like. Like it's me. a piece of shit, yeah. Thanks. Piece of shit. <laughs> oh, 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 I couldn't even force myself to get as far as you guys did. Mm. But pushing daisies, he's been my man since that, and I just feel like he gets a. I feel like he gets a raw deal. The I'm defending him off this one piece of work. Raw deal. He, he has had every opportunity that could ever exist in the business. This is the thing that's <laughs> hilarious for us. Is just like he couldn't keep dead like me. He got Star Trek and couldn't keep that. He got at least a full season of American Gods out and couldn't keep that. <laughs> the guy just has commitment issues. There's something wrong. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's just an asshole. It could be that he's terrible to work with, but he, you said he keeps getting chances. Yeah. He's got a Vampire Chronicles show apparently that's in development at the moment. It's like another that's one. That's what yeah, the world needs is another Vampire Chronicles. Absolutely. Well, I feel like it's been long enough in the vampire trend that, you know, there's been a bit of a dip. Is like, it retro last... now? It, it's retro it went now. Out. Yeah. yeah, zombies came up. We've done a million zombie shows. Mm. Yeah. And now we're coming back into vampires again. It's, like, it's, it's like fashion trends are definitely hitting like early 90s now. You're seeing bum bags and Legionnaires caps yes. and stuff going around. Are bum bags in? Bum- of course they Where are. They've been, been in for road? a while, mm. my Neon friend. Neon bum bags. Mm. I'm behind the times. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so Amer- this is a, an article from uh, Leslie Goldberg at The Hollywood Reporter. American Gods hires new showrunner for season two. So I'll just sort of go through some of the uh, highlights of this article. Jesse Alexander, whose credits include working with Brian Fuller on Hannibal and Star Trek Discovery. Hannibal, that was the other one. Apparently that's quite good. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Sean. Sorry. Special comments from Sean Patrick. <laughs> Um, and also worked on Heroes, Alias and Lost Will run the stars in Fremantle drama Alongside Neil Gaiman uh, Fuller and Green were fired officially Now being said in articles Originally they were mm. Apparently right. they left mm. It's now Now they're being saying fired In November After clashing with Fremantle On the show's rapidly expanding budget A search for new showrunner To work alongside Gaiman uh, who has an overall deal with Freeman, which I believe means basically he will be attached to the show no matter what. They can't get rid of him. Good. I think so. As long as the show goes on, Gaiman has to be part of the creative process. Yeah. Could be wrong about that, but I think that's right. Began- you can actually see him walking in the background of every scene, which is a little too good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very weird contract. Uh, that search for a new showrunner, showrunner began almost immediately. Sources tell uh, The Hollywood Reporter that several established showrunners declined offers for the job. Be interested to know who those Fair people enough. were. Mm. Fuller and Green had already written the first six episodes of season two, with sources noting Fremantle planned to toss those scripts and start from scratch with Alexander. Mm. In addition to budget concerns, sources note Gaiman was also unhappy with the direction Fuller and Green planned to take season two of the as their vision was not a straight adaptation of the source material. Gaiman is said to have wanted a showrunner to come in and produce a straight take on his novel that would include ignoring the cliffhanger at the end of season one. Yeah, I don't right. even remember the cliffhanger. Well, I don't want to get into spoilers necessarily, but I'm not sure how much that would change anyone. I'm not sure what they'd have to ignore I, there. I'd never read American Gods. I heard great things about it. Yeah. Um, every From what I can tell, everyone seems to think that it should have had one extra episode 
and then be a cliffhanger. Oh, right. Or so, need to get a little bit further before they cut it off. I say that with no authority or knowledge of what it is. That's have you right. Yeah, no, I have that same opinion, actually. I remember now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. really? You thought, yeah. I thought I thought it, I knew where it was going to end, and it but ended it earlier. didn't. Maybe it the ended opinion earlier. I'm thinking of was yours from the previous episode you guys did on I mean, maybe. <laughs> what did you think of season one? Just out of interest, Sean. I, I really liked it. Um, there's just there's a weirdness around Brian Fuller's work, which if you've seen Hannibal and Pushing Daisies, which you haven't. True, but, we haven't. <laughs> but if you have, there's he's got a, a tone that I really like. Mm-hmm. And clearly it doesn't necessarily gel with a lot of projects he gets into. That's why he gets kicked off or it doesn't end up working well. But there's just a sort of surreal element to his work that I that just really tickles my fancy. Sure, I think that there. I think that's true. There are elements to his style that I like as well. It just doesn't seem to ever. I don't know. It doesn't have any staying he power. It doesn't have trouble enough to with laugh. resolutions. I'll yeah. give you that much. <laughs> um, insiders note that Fuller and Green had a contentious relationship with Fremantle on season one of American Gods, with the freshman run coming in at an estimated thirty million dollars over budget. What? <laughs> Originally ordered for 10 episodes, the show underwent multiple rewrites with Fuller scrapping a couple of episodes and reworking others to what wound out wound up as an eight-episode season, which we know about. Fremantle set a $9 million and a, an episode budget for season two. Sources say with Fuller and Green asking for more to produce 10 episodes for the high-concept drama. So $9 million for the next season per episode wasn't enough, and that's what caused the split. Given the delay in finding a new showrunner... Sources say American Gods could now trim the season two episode count, so that might be down to eight or even six episodes or something mm. like that, which was never officially announced by Stars anyway, in a bid to keep the show within its budget. So yeah, what do we reckon? So Sounds not- like a hot mess. Hot over mess. There. Yeah. So nine million dollars for a season. But can you put that per in the episode, scope wasn't it? to me? What per episode? Per episode. No, nine, nine million dollars per, per episode. They were going ten million. Uh, they were ten, sorry, thirty million over budget total for the first season, and this is they're given nine million per episode for season two, and that's not enough for. What's Green another show that has a around high nine million dollars per episode that I can compare? To? Um, that's a good question. Game of Thrones, they're so expensive; it's almost hard to compare that to any other television show. Basically, that's they're in its ridiculous, own sort, of, own sort of league. Yeah, something around that mark. I'm, if you look at HBO the money. visual style of Game of, of um, American Gods, I'm trying to think what else even really compares these days. Probably something like Westworld yeah, would yeah, be there yeah. about. But the thing is. They're HBO shows and HBO will send, mm. spend the money. Stars doesn't have that sort of money to spend. So when yeah. you make an American Gods show for stars, you'd think you'd understand what the sort of budget's going to be like and that they're not going to have a lot of wiggle room. They don't, aren't made of money like HBO is. Mm. I'd never heard of stars before American I'd, Gods. I'd heard of them, but I, I can't remember for what shows. So I was just looking at um, the episode cost of something like Spartacus, oh, which it was also mm, on good. HBO. Spartacus is how old now though? It started, I think, just before Game of Thrones, maybe, okay, or around sure. that same time. Yep. Um, so, obviously, it didn't get the success mm. that Game of Thrones did. So, I probably would have stayed around the three to five mil. Mark. Right, okay. So, unless you have earned more, I guess HBO For, is also oh, giving sure. people that budget. For a show like American Gods that has like a, a comparatively pretty contained cast in... I mean, mm. I guess the effects budget. The would effects be budget is, is a big part of it. You think about some of the very, very stylized shots. A lot of visual. Oh, I think about effects. just overly Jesus. stylized. How many filters do they yes. want to run it? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Halo in the last episode of American Gods killed me. I know <laughs> that that's probably what they were going for, but the lens flare shining yeah. off his head like every time he turned the camera. I'm like, 
Um, just uh, I don't have these details written down, but I believe the idea was originally to have the next season of American Gods premiere around January in 2019. It's probably going to be later than that now. So we've got oh my God. well over a year to wait anyway. Everyone's going to forget about it, but sure. Yep. And then also, I think Michael Green is attached to the Why the Last Man series, oh. which is coming out, which I don't You're know how many people know about it. that. I fucking love Why the Last Man. It's my That's favorite comic book series oh. ever. It's about it's a, a Vertigo series written by Brian K. Vaughan, who wrote... Um, he is actually showrunner on, on The Dome, weirdly enough. He was also one of the writers on some of the best episodes of Lost, and he wrote Runaways for Marvel. Anyway. Ah, Runaways. I did read that. Right. Right. And he made this show, What the Last Man, which is quick concept, just overview. It's about every male mammal on the planet Earth dies instantly at the same time, except for one man named Yorick and his spider monkey, Ampersand. Ah, uh, Will Forte. Well, kind of. <laughs> not quite, <laughs> but similar. I really want to watch that, actually. So I've seen that. nothing, but... Uh Sorry, sorry to hijack you. No, it's fine. <laughs> but every mouse. So it's it's a show that would be I'm really looking forward to because it's gonna have to be, except for Yorick, fully female cast. Which is gonna be really cool. cool and the sort of thing that would do really well in cool. the current climate, I think. Um, and they were gonna make it into a movie for a while, and I've actually read the script, one of the scripts for the movies. Yeah, how'd it go? It'd be fine, but it's just too big a story. Like it's it goes over like a sixty a sixty issues or something like that, the comic and it's yeah. just so full of detail and side stories. Mm. It was always going to serve a TV show really well. So when they finally announced that was happening, I was super excited. I don't know how excited I am with yeah. Michael Green attached to me anymore. <laughs> it really worries me. Who's, bring you what, down a little what's bit. Michael Green done? Uh, I don't know what other stuff he's done, actually. Sorry, I should have okay, paid so, more attention. So why are you bummed out? Mainly him? just because he was partly attached to this. and he, uh, right, Like, I don't yeah. know. Okay, yeah. It just, mm. yeah, I don't know. Uh, zero trust at the moment with this sort of stuff. <laughs> I don't know, maybe stars are to blame here, but... Brian, Brian, uh, Brian Fuller. Just don't get excited about out. anything, then you'll be pleasantly surprised. This is our new, this is our new mantra going forward. Is it no heroes? <laughs> don't get excited about anything. <laughs> That's right. In other news, actually, that was just announced today: Game of Thrones creators David Benioff and DB Weiss are set to write and produce a new series of Star Wars films. So, we've talked about Game of Thrones on the show before. Never heard of it. How are we feeling about? Oh, actually, I'll go through some of the details. These new films that they're set to produce and write, will be separate from both the episodic Star War- Skywalker saga and the recently announced trilogy being developed by Ryan Johnson. So is there three trilogies on the table at it the moment? It seems like it, yes. Jesus. Uh, Kellyanne, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who's sort of the head honcho in, st- in charge of Star Wars these days at Lucasfilm, David and Dan are some of the best storytellers working today. She quotes, uh, Their command of complex characters, depth of story and richness of mythology will break new ground and boldly push Star Wars in ways I find incredibly exciting. Benioff and Weiss said in a joint statement, We are honoured by the opportunity, opportunity, a little terrified by the responsibility and so excited to get started as soon as the final season of Game of, Th- Game of Thrones is complete. No release date has been set for these new films. How do we feel about this news? Are they fans of Star Wars? Yes, they are. There is another, another bit that talks about them. Oh, okay. There was a whole thing that was like, yeah. back in 1977, we went to a galaxy far, far away. I, I cropped that out because it right. seemed relevant. But that, yes, there's, okay. I mean, well, every good. filmmaker in Hollywood, especially ones that are doing genre pieces, are fans of Star Wars, basically. Um, so it's hard to find someone that's not. But how do you feel about that? Those guys getting involved? Well, I don't know anything about the films they're making, so I can't really comment. It just the, I don't know. In, in this day and age, when we're getting like Ryan Johnson attached to things, mm. and uh, who else has been attached recently? JJ Abrams, obviously. And I don't know. Why some Benioff? I guess that might even make more sense now. If you told me this two seasons ago, back in Game of Thrones, I would have been more excited. Yeah. But actually, the current style yeah. maybe suits a Star Wars film better these days. They're sort of more. 
fitting into those normal fantasy tropes again yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Maybe that and the big budget like um, Hollywood style they're going for in Game of Thrones last mm. season. Maybe they're better suited for that now. We interesting to see with all these different creators involved how every piece fits into sa- into the same universe. Be interesting to see how they how they go together. I, I doubt they'll, a lot of them will connect as that closely. Really, that doesn't bother me at all. If you right. set your film far enough away from the other stuff that's going on, do it. Go go for your life. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I. When you first announced this topic, I was thinking like, oh, but like so many Star Wars films coming yeah. out. Like, what's the? But in that short amount of time, I flipped on it. I'm all for there being shitloads of Star Wars films because it'll take away the stigma of every film having to be so important. That as soon as everyone sees it, everyone hates it and thinks it's the worst thing and thinks it's an affront to the series. <laughs> you just push heaps of them out. They're not going to be able to keep up with it and it'll get nice and diluted and then it'll just be seen as regular films. I think you films. are underestimating the amount of time and also hatred that nerds have. <laughs> <laughs> so. I will say I got into my first ever Reddit argument about a movie after seeing the latest Star Wars well film. Done. Yep. Can I ask what the topic was without spoiling anything? The topic was The Last Jedi is shit. <laughs> and I said, hang No, on, it isn't. Hang on now. I had <laughs> a good time. Excuse me. Rudeness. I, yeah. should have, I should have said nothing. I don't know why I engaged. Like, I was never going to convince the I get sucked in too, man. Mm. I know. I got it. And I got a. So that was way back whenever that came out. December. December. Yeah. Today, I got a response from the guy. There you <laughs> go. I'd moved on. <laughs> Star Wars fandom never moves on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm um I'm on that topic though. I'm a little bit I'm starting I, at first I was cool with the idea of one Star Wars film a year, but the more they announce and apparently another news article that's it's a rumor or speculation is there's a couple of Star Wars shows being um developed as well. So this is really turning into the Marvel universe where mm. there's like yeah. two or three films a year plus a couple of TV shows going at the same time. Now, I don't watch the TV shows at Marvel stuff or at least we haven't got there yet. Mm. Um What are you talking about? What do you, do you mean? remember last year? Oh my god, you've blacked it out. Oh fuck yeah, I have. we watched You're a right. lot of Marvel. the Netflix stuff. I was Did thinking of like Agents of Shield. Everything. We've watched uh, every yeah. Netflix yeah. Marvel show. It's a good point, Amaz. Which I have blacked it out. Something's wrong. Just... I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm calling an ambulance. Something's <laughs> very wrong. I, I hear Agents of Shield is getting better, but what I saw of the first series just bummed me out first so season much was not that good. I was... at least the first two thirds of it. Yeah, were bad. it's rubbish. But it, yeah. I, I enjoyed it at, at the further I went in. I guess. But the point, like. I guess if Star Wars keeps expanding, what it'll become is this thing where you can just jump in whenever you feel like it. So maybe you just jump yeah. in for the Skywalker saga stuff. Like you might, some people probably just jump in for the Avengers stuff with Marvel. They mm. ignore the TV shows. They ignore your Ant Man's and your you know Thors and stuff like that if they want yeah, true. to. But I also wonder if that's going to start to like Star Wars has been special for a long time. It's yeah, that- but you got to it's it's. I'm sorry, man. It's running out of the specialness now. That, that's Ever since is. Disney ad- announced that there's going to be a new Star Wars film for the rest of your life mm. and long after it. Because <laughs> it was always just this thing. It was like these three movies. Then they went and did the prequels, prequels which only served to make the original three movies even more special. Yeah. Because honestly, so like, terrible, I'd, um, I went and saw the Star Wars uh, Symphony experience that the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra did that's a right. few weeks ago. And I, I love uh, A New Hope and I've always thought it's awesome. Seeing it in a big screen context, you really see the, uh, not necessarily the flaws, but the fact that it's a dated movie that was made in the 70s and 
updated in the 90s and really shows. It's a Yeah, it's a micro-budget genre film from the like late if you, 70s. If that but film, isn't that part of the love and charm of but that's, it? And that's it. But if that movie was released now with the same aggression that everyone judges these new films... That wouldn't stand a chance. If, without getting into details, that's my argument with The Last Jedi. When people start getting on about the flaws of The Last Jedi, I'm like, apply that logic to The Empire Strikes Back and you'll see they have a lot in common yeah. in terms of what they are and aren't doing with yeah. their characters and their story in that and you film. And can't, you can't compare a movie from the 2010s to something that was in the 70s. You just can't... like Unless you are only comparing writing... In which case, as if the new one wouldn't win anyway, mm. or character performance. I know. I think Empire's got better writing than just about any other Star Wars film. It's actually pretty Empire's good. Really, yeah. it's great dialogue in that, that yeah. movie. Um, but people are judging it just based on storylines, and I, I don't want to get into a whole like Star Wars discussion. Let's not. We'll be here forever. Exactly. But, yeah. One other little just thing around the conversation of um, Weiss and Benioff. People, some of the reaction has been, where the fuck are the women and people of colour that are going to get to direct these movies? Mm. But it's important to note, and this this did get missed at first, that they're being asked to produce and write. So directors could still be announced. In fact, Sean and I Who's were having... Who's writing one? Ben, well, you we, said produce and write. Who's yeah, writing? Benning off and Weiss are writing. But we don't know directors... But aren't you saying... No, people, people are asking, where are the directors of right. colour? Wait, so Weiss and Benioff are just producing it. And writing. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, yeah. sorry, go on. Yeah. Yeah. Like they do for... The first for yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones, basically. Yeah, yeah, right. um, we were having a discussion at a party on the weekend, actually, Sean, about yeah. who should have actually directed episode nine of Star yes. Wars. And we both talked about... I think we we're cool up- guys who spend the entire party <laughs> debating... It was that, that sort of party, wildly. let's be honest. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Ryan Coogler, who apparently is can be uh, do whatever film he wants. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he did get a Star Wars film after Black Panther based off the reaction to it. And yeah. Patty Jenkins as well. She's, I'd she, love a Patty Star Wars. I reckon she would have been amazing for episode nine, but anyway. Yeah. Hopefully she gets involved. One more piece of news before we move on from Off Topic Hot Topic. Uh, the Westworld season two trailer was shown during the Super Bowl. Um, and with it came a release date of April 22 for episode one of season Ooh. two. So that'll be something we... Is that near your birthday, bro? Just a little bit after my birthday. <laughs> Wait, is that April 22 this year? Yes, th- this year. So in a couple of months, two or three months. Mm-hmm. Damn. Wait, wait, so was Westworld last year or the year before? Last year. Last year. Yeah. Man, when that finished and, and it said like the next series was coming out whenever, that seemed like so far yeah, away to me. It did. When, actually, it's, it's a good question. Was it? Did We got to it late though. We got to it after it finished airing, didn't we? Just after that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now, Sean's going to do some uh, on-air <laughs> research Let for us. Let me consult my memory. But April soon. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to that. I was actually pretty convinced it was going to come quite a lot later in the yeah, year. So I'm happy to see I. it coming soon. Yeah. It's very um, exciting. Well, you saw the trailer just then, Damascus. What did you just think? I was pretty underwhelmed by it. Well, it started and I was like, "Oh, cool! This is just like footage from season one. Awesome." I don't know. It just was. Bit dull, right? Sorry, this coming in fresh off the presses. Thank you. October 2016. Oh, there you go. Okay, so it's That's been a year and a half. That's why it felt like such a long time. Thank you, yeah, so we Thank we got you. to it late. The um, yeah, no, you're right. It it's it's a more of a mood piece than anything else. It's a bit of like remember what Westworld feels like. That's what's coming when it comes yeah. back in April. It, so there's no there's no real story details in it there. It didn't set the mood for me though. Is what I'm saying. It's like, but didn't. I felt numb. You didn't find the imagery interesting at all. There was not nothing there. There were, I mean, there was there were moments in it, like when we've got the balls running through mm-hmm. yeah, and we cool. see May. Is that her name? May, yeah. Maeve. Me, Maeve, Maeve. Yeah, Maeve. Ten years. Oh no, now character. I'm doing you um, from our Westworld podcast. Yeah. Um, that like that bit was really cool. Yep. 
But the, I don't know, the way it was spliced together felt a bit like a fan video to me. Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently Jonathan yeah. Nolan actually directed that trailer and some of the footage in there is just for the trailer and not actually from yeah. the show. I imagine, uh, in fact, that stuff with doing the bulls that. is probably not actually from the yeah. show. The way it was filmed made me think it was mm-hmm. probably for the, uh, the trailer. Does, is this a thing that's happening now? Trailers, like a lot of content from trailers isn't in the actual show. Have you um, read YouTube comments under trailers? No. Oh, this trailer ruins the whole film. I feel like I watched the whole film. <laughs> I think it's a response to that. Do you, do you have an example of that? Something else that did that? Well, um, Rogue One with all the different things that know, were in that trailer. Do you know why that was? Well, like I know that, it though. got edited to shit and produced to and shit reshot and everything. Yeah. yeah, which and I get that there's an element of they want to take in people's reactions from the trailer and then edit the movie accordingly. But it, how much? Cause it, can people garner from a trailer to have an influence on a final film? Like there were just so many moments from the Rogue One trailer that made me excited that didn't end up happening in the film or having the same kind of tone. I wonder, yeah, I wonder whether that's some of that's got to do with how how early the marketing push starts for a movie. So before a film's even mm. finished being edited together properly, they have to start releasing content for it, which is interesting because the other thing that came out, one of the other trailers that came out during the Super Bowl this year was the Han Solo teaser finally dropped with the full teaser the next day, which there's been sort of mixed reaction to. Everyone's loving... what what, uh, What's his name? Donald Glover's doing with Lando Calrissian. Which is... He doesn't doesn't say a word. Just 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 the the look. expression on his face. But Uh, um, not everybody's super happy with what... Han, everyone's like, Han is a nothing in this trailer. Yeah. But that that film's coming out in May. So that, that... it took them this long to finally that get around to showing you things. I mean, I know they've had problems. Well, they've had massive production problems, though. So, imagine if they started releasing trailers back when they still had the old directors on. It would have had a completely yeah. different feel to it. All, all I want... I'm willing to trust that Han Solo will be a fine film. Like, I don't have super high expectations for it. All I want is for them to saturate the footage just a bit. It does look really dull, doesn't everything it? Looks really, well, everything looks really kind of dull and miserable, which maybe that's the environment that it's set in, but... Then at the end, you've got like the cool music pumping and like the wacky yellow logo. Yeah. That just doesn't fit the, in with the tone. And the, the posters of, too. The posters, the character posters look great. Yeah. Really popping, um, vibrant colors. Again, it seems like the tone is different. The, like they, they haven't decided on one. I, and the last time that happened was Suicide Squad. So I'm, <laughs> I don't want to say I'm concerned. Hot because, take yeah. from Sean. Uh, the Han movie <laughs> is the next Suicide Squad. No. Hey, hey, hey. No, That's Academy Award winning Suicide Squad, just so you know. <laughs> Did it win? I think it was best costume design or something like that. It was, there was, oh, some, it was some design yeah. thing. For was Harley's like, short shorts, just pe- People bring that up. Oh, no, like, I, yeah. It, was it actually for Harley Quinn's thing? Because I did see a funny meme of that and it compared to... Um, it's become just a meme now. Whenever somebody shits on Suicide Squad, it's like, uh-uh-uh, Academy <laughs> Award. <laughs> <or anything. laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm with you though on the trailer. If It, it has the same aesthetic tone of Rogue One. Yes. And if that's the tone that the Han Solo film has in general, I think you've gone the wrong way yeah. with, with what should be a, hopefully a swashbuckling adventure yeah. film, right? That's right. the whole idea with Han Solo. Why would you make any other sort of film? And I hope, I, re- I really like that guy in Hail Caesar. Oh, he's great. But I'm, he, that character is very different to Han Solo. Very. So he looks a little bit like him, I guess. People, no. have, people have been comparing him to like Michael him. C. Hall 
in a flashback scene of Dexter when he's got a weird <laughs> shitty wig. Oh yeah, the hair does <laughs> look really odd, doesn't so it? Similar. That's funny. Mm, that's a good point. Um, no, I don't think he he doesn't look like him. He doesn't sound like him, which is almost better for me because I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to disassociate this from like I don't even need to think that he's Han Solo. Like Harrison Ford's interpretation of Han Solo. This is alternate universe Han Solo. This, this is, is just expanded something universe. else. It might as well be called Blan Blolo. <laughs> That was the working sure. title, yeah. I'll have you know. With his friend yeah. Bluey and, <laughs> and Blando Blarizzi. <laughs> but uh, all that said and done, Sean, we're seeing it at midnight, right? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to be there with bells on and then rant about it on Twitter afterwards. Absolutely. So. Let me clue you in. Season in review. All right, very good. Let's get moving on to our uh, primetime presentation here. Uh, Starting with our spoiler-free review of The Good Place. But first, some facts and figures for you. The Good Place is a Netflix original comedy set in an afterlife paradise and centres on the recently deceased Eleanor who realises she's been mistaken for somebody else and incorrectly sent to The Good Place. The show was created by Michael Schur... Writer on The American Office and most notably creator of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Hunting Season's favourite, Parks and Recreation. The Good Place first premiered on Netflix on September 19th, 2016 and stars Kristen Bell, William Jackson Harper, Jamil Jamil? Jamila Jamil? How do you say her name? Jamila Jamil. Nice. Jamila Jamil. That's really interesting. Darcy Carden, Mandy Jacinto and Ted Danson as the Good Place architect Michael. Ted Danson! Yes! Season one <laughs> consists of 13 episodes, each coming in at around 22 minutes and took us approximately four hours and 45 minutes to watch. So... Why did we decide that we were going to talk about The Good Place? Why the hell would you dare what? to watch this show? Da- why the hell would you dare to watch this show? I'm just being sarcastic. Okay, because I was going to ask you first, Sean, because this was, your, was partly your, your recommendation. <laughs> we really are Sean. Hey, Sean, what do you want to talk about on the <laughs> podcast? I just want to shit all over this piece of garbage. Okay, that's that's the reason we're watching this show? Okay, great. Uh, no, look, it, it's just... It was one of those shows, something that about Mike Schur just... Gives me the warm hibbly jibblies. Wait, no, that, sa- that sounds like I'm scared. It, it's it like you're aroused by a ghost or something. Maybe, maybe, sure. maybe the the wibbly the wibbly. How about the fuzzy wuzzies? The fuzzy wuzzies. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. The warm fuzzies. No, they do. It's a, it's such a like. It's not a. It's 20 minutes long for one, which is a a rare gem these days to find mm-hmm. a Netflix show or. Uh, actually, you said it was uh, NBC. NBC, so sorry. Yeah, when I said I did say Netflix original. I should have said NBC slash Netflix but, um, original. In, in this age where everyone is recommending me, you've got to get into this season. It's seven it's seasons long. Each episode goes for an hour and 10 minutes. And there's only 15 episodes a season. Like, <laughs> oh, jeez. But like you said, it only took four hours. And it's just such it, nice writing, nice performances, a genuine out loud laugh in every single episode. Mm-hmm. I've, it's just just makes me feel good. For me, definitely, Michael Schur was the big draw. And we talked about this last week that um, I didn't realise he was the guy who did Brooklyn Nine-Nine as well. Mm-hmm. Also one of my latest favourite shows. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Have you guys gotten onto it yet? We haven't talked about it yet, but Damas did I've briefly last it, week yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I've watched it. And again, that's another show where I'm sure I'm wrong, but I can't... It, that's had like five seasons now. Four or five? Four, four seasons? Oh, no, there, there hasn't really been a single episode of that show where I've gone, oh, that wasn't very good. I think you said that as well. Like, at the very least, the episode was fine. Yeah. Like, there's never been a it's bad episode. It's not up to my... 
I mean, I think it's great. And this last season in particular, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think has surpassed the others. I think yeah. they've really kind of nailed characters that before they they were just kind of one note. Well, they set up, like initially they set up, okay, these are your sort of stereotype characters. It's funny because they're in a situation together. Now it feels like they're making them kind of three-dimensional and giving yes. them a lot more yep. personality and purpose. I feel like that's the 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 way that these shows go with him though like yeah. i haven't seen mm-hmm. the american office yet but parks and rec for me i i would toss out the entire first season if i could have you how much of the american office have you seen i've seen bits and pieces more than oh, man, I, I s- liam sure. my brother who i live with is watching it constantly he's re-watching it all uh, the that time is, that is, so i catch bit, bits here and there i feel like everyone has everyone constantly has three shows right you've got a uh, new drama you're watching a new comedy you're watching and then everyone's got like a safe little comedy that they just put on the background while they're doing mm. chores. Community. Or like, Community yeah. for me. Yeah, there you go. That's one of them. Yeah. Um, so American Office is one of mine. Frasier's the other one. Oh, yeah. Frasier's and, good. Uh, Getting a lot of attention this fantastic. week. Fantastic. Oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Vale John Mahoney. Yeah. What a, what a dude. Also fantastic in the movie Primal Fear. If you've uh, ever checked that out. Edward Norton. Richard oh, okay. Gere. Really good. Oh, that movie. Yes. Oh, that one. yes. Yeah. That's and John a good Mahoney movie. plays a baddie and he's good at oh, it. Oh, cool. So he's only in it for like 10 minutes, but I just love John Mahoney. But um, no, I think that what, just going back to that, as the shows go on, they get more three dimensional characters yes. or their relationships become more defined and yes. you tend to become more attached to them as you go along. Yeah. I think is absolutely the. Yeah, the norm for these shows. Certainly yeah. what happened for me with Parks and Rec, I imagine it'll happen when I get to the office eventually. It will. Yeah. It, yeah. it will. Oh, you'll... Like, oh. To the point, they take out essentially the main character for the last two seasons and it's just, it doesn't leave any kind of void. You're just mm. in it because the ensemble is so strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the other reason that I was certainly interested in talking about it was just because this show is getting a lot of mostly positive online attention. Mm. I think there's a lot to talk about with this show. It's yeah. very interesting from a sitcom point of view, which we'll get to in a moment. Mm-hmm. But was there any other particular reason that you wanted to talk about this show, Damask? Was there any... Because you that you were a champion of talking about this as well. Yeah, thanks for putting me last there. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Damask. Um, I mean, you can just say yes, all of those things. <laughs> well, the, yes, absolutely all of those things. I mean, I'm a huge fan of American Office. It's my favourite show ever. Yeah. Um, obviously a huge fan of Parks and Rec. Leslie Nope is my favorite character ever yeah, created. Yeah. She might be. Yeah. She's definitely one of my favourite TV characters ever her, her and Ben White are my favourite TV couple. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% they agree with only, that. Only they just surpassed Jim and Pam. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no, they kicked Jim and Pam's ass in my <laughs> mind. Um, yeah, so obviously I'm a huge fan of his work. Brooklyn Nine-Nine was something that I put on to kind of comfort me now that Parks and Rec was over. Yeah. Um, but... I wanted us to talk about this show mm. because, yeah, I think it's the most interesting comedy I've yeah, seen. right. I want to say years, but maybe ever. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, let's let's start there then. And certainly one of the first things I want to talk about was, this is spoiler-free thoughts, by the way, just reiterating that. Nothing mm-hmm. here is going to be a spoiler. We're going to try and suggest, not even suggest spoilers if we can avoid it. But let's just try and talk about things in vague terms. First, Everyone dies. Every- that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's just I, say, the I use that joke all the time, and this time it's actually really paid off. That's so really good. That <laughs> well done. Um, but it just the original interesting concept of setting the show in the afterlife, yep. mm. um, and then focusing a lot on the idea of like goodness 
and ethics. And I yeah. think Michael Schur shows, or at least in my mind, the, the one I always reference is Parks and Rec, but that's a show about a lot you of people what? who are good, who True. are doing good, who are approaching things that is from about different angles. goodness angers. prevailing. But, well, yeah, it is. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine is about the police force, which is like a, a force it should of be a positive good. Of good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it is. They're, well, all, I think they're all excellent. Even if it's not goodness prevailing, one, he always writes shows about mostly positive people. Yeah. yeah. And not that goodness prevails, but that goodness is so important and is the heart of like love is True. just sharing that goodness. Yes. They, and his yeah. shows are just full of so much love. That's whether right. it be romantic or platonic or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love that's the yes. that's the wibbly jibblies I was talking about. <laughs> the wibbly jibblies, the fuzzy wuzzies. The fuzzy wuzzy yeah. wiz- wibbly jibblies are just the heart that is in all of Mark Schur's content. The, the mm-hmm. thing about those other shows where he does that, it's not commented on explicitly. It's just the it's probably the theme that uh, underneath it all. The thing that you feel when you're watching that show is you feel the love between Leslie and yeah. Ben, or you feel the love between. I'm going to keep using Parks and Rec between um, Andy and April, or you mm. feel the love between April and Leslie from a very platonic like sister sort of or mother daughter-ish sort of mentor relationship whatever it might be mm. there's so many different they all they're all there they're all there in some capacity in this one it's actually talked about in very explicit terms yes. the idea of what it means to be good theory like actually talking about philosophers and philosophical thought yeah. on goodness and what it how you try and approach that what it means to be good and how you can work to be good, mm-hmm. can someone who has been bad their entire life start to change that? Can mm. you work to become a better person? A I've never seen that before in a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Or even in other other TV show, but in a sitcom, it's really interesting. I've seen shows that are comedies that talk about... I mean, we've seen plenty of times, you know, that asshole dude character... It's yeah. a comedy. Community. Yeah. Community. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Um, but to have, yeah, not only the underlying themes on it, but just an outright discussion about like this is what we're doing yep. and kind of using the sitcom genre with all the, the tropes and the things that exist within a sitcom to actually, I guess, build the world of the good place and actually allows you yeah. to have those conversations, mm. which is really cool. It's like Michael... Oh, that's spoilers. Sorry, never mind. But sure. Well, I, I don't want to spoil for community either, but it is about at least one person who's a complete asshole who, who he, in, in Jeff Winger's case, he's very isolated, self-involved narcissist who finds connection to other people. Now, we can argue about how good that group of people are. In fact, I think they're all a bunch of assholes who just happen to find community <laughs> with themselves. Community, True. hence the name of the show. Oh, that's uh, what it means. <laughs> but the whereas this show is different, though, in that sense, it's like, yeah, you can you can have those things on the shows, but it's just the I, I just find it fascinating that we can say, what does it mean to be good? Here is Cheedy talking about goodness mm. and like on a whiteboard and like yeah. what that. I really means. want to get into yeah, that conversation, that. but I'm gonna have to do it in the spoilers. Okay, section. that's cool. Yeah, All right, so. well, we'll move on from that then, because the other thing I did want to talk about is just this is a very recognizable as a single camera sitcom in a lot of ways and it also breaks a bunch of the rules yes. of that. So it has a 22-minute structure, which is very similar to, say, a Parks and Rec or a community. Mm-hmm. Its writing style feels very similar to any of those other sort of Michael Scher shows mm-hmm. or um, standard single camera sitcoms. But unlike most of those shows, and while some of them do have seasonal arcs and there are growth over long periods of time, 
each episode of this show seems to end on a what's going to happen next moment, a yes. cliffhanger of sorts, or at least a tease as to there's something going to be revealed, there's yeah. more story going on here, things are going to change. There's things something are- bigger underlying everything here, which you just don't see or very rarely see in these kind of sitcoms. And most of them will at least partially return to the state of normalcy. So this is like The Simpsons, right? Which is, uh, while it's animated, is very much a sitcom. They'll be going on a 22-minute adventure of craziness, but it ends with just them being back at the family home at the end of the episode. Exactly. And so they can start the next episode. This show, it that 13 episodes, is a, it could almost be a movie. Like, it'd be a yeah. very cut-up episodic movie, but it's got a start and end point. It's got a trajectory that's really... Uh, is really important to the entire way this season goes forward. It's really fascinating. And so, as talking about a season of television, sometimes it feels like that's hard to do. Here on this show, this is a really easy one, I think. It's just so yeah, so succinct and so deliberate and so ingrained into well, I, the show. I mean, in creating this show, Michael Schur actually spoke to um, like one of the Lost creators because he, oh, yeah. he wanted Did he? That's some so advice in... World building. He wanted to learn from both Lost triumphs and obviously their mistakes. I'm a big mm. defender of Lost. Mm. Yeah. Oh, def- when we get to Lost, we'll get you on the show then. Uh, yes. We can. Dude, have, how we many please. seasons of Lost are there? Six. It's a slog, don't it? Yeah. Five or six. Um, it, there's about six. I think it's um, six. All right, we'll do that in ten years. <laughs> um, <laughs> I won't defend everything about it. There are definitely pitfalls, but. I in, you, I say, it sounds like I enjoyed it way more than everyone else did. Without spoiling it, did you like the ending? I'm uh, off because it's spoilery. I'll give you such a big rant about how everyone gets the ending wrong. Okay, but also it I could, don't think Sean's coming back. On this show. <laughs> it could have something to do with the fact that I only watched it two years ago. Oh, okay. and I watched it all basically in one sitting. I didn't have to wait week to week. You weren't getting the. Next time on Lost. No, what? I avoided in the vault. I didn't give <laughs> every a episode crap about those at the like when they were airing on Australian TV, and it just bugged the hell out of me. Fucking oath! Yeah, and you it guys sets were an expectation. <laughs> yeah. oh. I remember you guys watching it, and me just being like, mm, "No, nah. yeah." Sorry, Damask. We railroaded. I wish I could remember my point, but I don't actually remember it. <laughs> he was talking. He was talking to Lost writers about the pitfalls and also the triumphs. Oh yeah, of- and just in world building. So I think. How wonderfully structured and concise this season is is owed to that. He has put so much work into this. Mm-hmm. And we actually spoke last week when we were talking about The Wire that that was a show that teaches you how to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I think this show does that as well. Because quite when I watched it the first time, I've now watched The Good Place Season 1 twice mm-hmm. now, I was confused in my brain about the structure of the thing (laughs) i was like i don't know how this is going to last Mm. because of how it is laid out Mm, how rapidly things are changing and i am taught that if things are changing that quickly in a comedy it's probably going to be over really quickly yeah and yet this being an american show and i'd read that michael sure kind of has perhaps an idea for four seasons i was like i don't i don't know how this is gonna be a thing that's why it's so good and so and so i was worried and then i went through the whole thing i was like oh no oh no i have trust now i remember when the first season ended i hadn't watched at the time obviously i've only just watched it for the first time now Mm -hmm. um the reaction was how does this show have go any further 
right? Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know what that meant at the time and I still don't think that's saying too much. But it's like, I was feeling the same thing. You get to the end of it and go, I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly like you. How does this keep... Oh, I didn't get to the end go? of the season thinking that at all. Well, uh, apparently there was a reaction a lot of people right. were having. It's like, I don't understand what season two can be, basically, as people oh. were going. I, like, my thing was like, I don't know what season two will be. Yeah. But it certainly was implying as though I didn't think... That there was any story to tell there. That, yeah, that's, that's how we've been trained by situational comedies. We're not used to the situation changing. Evolving. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah so definitely. when that does happen, it really throws you off. Well, one of the things, uh, this goes back to, I think, your Lost um, connection here as well. This is a very high concept show. Mm -hmm. The setting is interesting just in the sense of it, oh, it's in the afterlife. But I think you could tell uh, a sitcom that's set in the afterlife that just fitted to the normal sitcom rules. That's just, um, yeah, maybe it's got some quirky things happening in there, like your Janets that show up and disappear and whatever, but Mm. it just does keep going back to that sort of status quo at the end of every episode. It does the kind of thing. You just do a workplace comedy about heaven. You basically absolutely could. Or like like Dead Like Me, which should have been 22 Well, I actually think they've got some DNA that's similar. This is about, even some of the flashbacky stuff where we learn about the characters' histories reminds me of like finding out how people die I've in Dead Like Me. got a True. section that I want to talk about called Dear God, It's Me, Brian Fuller. <laughs> so like, because like even... Dear God, It's Me. <laughs> yes, I want to... I like it's even that. like the aesthetic of yes. The Good Place reminds you of Pushing Daisies sure, and stuff yeah. like that. And obviously the exploration of the afterlife is reminiscent of Dead Like Me. But I think what... And we spoke about this earlier as well. Is what The Good Place does do well um that dead like me failed at is having a sense of joy mm-hmm. yes. um and eleanor is a wisecracking cynic some like our what's jeff wingers or no i'm talking about dead like me. oh uh She's got a boy's remember. name yeah george yeah george george let's say george it's george um, so <laughs> eleanor is similar in that way she's like wisecracking cynic and like rolling her eyes and stuff but she actually she does think things are cool in yes. this new world. Yes, yes. she has a she, sense of she wonder. She gets excited, you know, things- even if it might be for the wrong reason. Um, but she seizes like the opportunity in front of her with both hands and she's not just this passive protagonist, which yeah. I love. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, just going back to the whole high concept thing though, there are mm. lots of rules. There's a law to yes. what's going on here mm-hmm. as well. Love yeah. it. Which is interesting though because most most times a show that's this high concept would have a r- larger runtime. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to give a criticism for a second of this show, sometimes I think the comedy part or this that can get lost underneath all the jargon and the talking about the specifics of the mechanics sometimes. Yeah. I, I disagree. Do, I, that's fine. I'm sure you, I'm, you're happy. You're welcome to disagree. But there are... Oh, thanks, Brian. One thanks of the things, <laughs> yep. One of the, things, one of the things I noticed is there is a specific section, in fact, where the editing gets really, really frantic because you can tell that it was written maybe be 22 pages or whatever it would normally mm. be, but it went over time because right. there was so much information to pass out and they had to like cut the fucking thing down to make it fit. There are lots of off-camera jokes that are told by characters off-camera that jokes. clearly didn't say the lines on set and then were put in afterwards. Yep, and that's normally done to 
to get information out faster because it was originally said yeah. one way, but they had to cut the episode back. And that's true of you see it a lot in the third season of Parks and Rec when they yeah. realized they were gonna they were finishing yeah. up, they weren't gonna probably get a season four. And all of a sudden you got all these jokes that you see the back of the person's talking head and the back of the other person's talking it head. It never matches up with them. And it doesn't match <laughs> yeah. up. And this happens a couple of times. There's one bit in the middle of the season when another character comes is introduced into the show. Um, and they're talking around a conference table and there's all this information and it's like half a second on the person talking, cut to Eleanor's face. Half a person on the second talk, yep. person talking, cut to Eleanor's face. I wish we were talking about this in spoiler section. I, 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 <laughs> it's just, it's just a, but yeah. it's, it's an example of when there's so much information mm-hmm. that you have to get across, the thing that gets cut, and I know this from, from experience because mm-hmm. on a show that I've been working on forever that hopefully one day people will see, we've had that problem where – if you get too... But you're in, saying it gets in the way of the jokes? Is that The jokes have to get cut. The jokes right. get pushed aside and the scene, which probably was meant to be funny or, or a different energy, has to become... This information has to be said. So, right. the, so when you've got lots of detail in your plot mm. and your narrative, you can't cut that out, but you can always cut out the jokes, yeah. except then all of a sudden the show is not as funny as it was. Maybe that episode was hilarious with lots of good jokes mm. and then you've cut that out because... You've got to get this other information through first. Yeah, I, I, I never that. got that impression that a scene felt less funny to me because I was getting more world building stuff. Well, the I, I okay, in, from my experience, I did notice that, and what I noticed was yeah. they would try to fill in those jokes with quicker jokes mm-hmm. that were told that were obviously done later with still, ADR. Still hilarious. Not yeah. always though. Sometimes they're forced, or they mm-hmm. would edit in a joke that they cut from earlier in the scene and make it be the punch at the end of a scene before it cuts to black. There's another one, the same episode actually, where it's like I can tell by the editing, and this is me. I recognize this shit because mm. my brain's wired that way. I think we're thinking of the way. exact same example, by yeah, the way. Probably. And it's like, I can, I'm can. i sure that little buzzer at the end of that scene was actually from earlier in the, in yep. the scene, but they cut it into there. Right. We'll, go, we'll come back to this, Sean. Yeah, I can think. we? Because I think... I know. It's hard to talk in vagaries, but It's I also hard to that. say that you f- you think something isn't funny. But it's, for like some comedy people, is always subjective. Yeah, that's so I'm what allowed I mean. to so it's disagree of, on that. No, that, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. But, that's, but this is my feeling. And yeah. Yeah. Obviously, just I, I just didn't great. get that impression. That's yeah. cool. Uh, is there anything else on that around the law or the rules that we want to talk about before we get into spoilers? No, I just want to say that a sitcom with world building of a complex sci-fi kind of fantasy series is everything I've ever wanted, and it's, I'm so happy. Yeah, it's amazingly right? fresh, isn't yeah. it? Right, and that yeah, yeah the 22 minute thing because we talked about this with Dead Like Me is we felt like that show should have been 22 minute yes. comedy. Oh yeah, yes. it, it would have been so much more effective <laughs> as it was. This this is almost like. If someone knew what they were doing and made the dead, dead like me. Anyway, hmm. um, I also want to talk about the performances generally. I think yeah. Kristen Bell is great. I think Jackson Harper is great. I think Jamil is great. I think Ted Danson's fucking amazing oh, in it. So good. so good. Especially I've, when I know him mainly as Becca. It's yeah, really good to yeah, see him as right. someone joyful. I've, I've got a dumb story about Ted Danson if you'd like oh, to hear. Oh, please. So, Love uh, dumb stories about Ted Danson. When I first moved to Melbourne in 2011, uh, my housemate and I were in the kitchen and uh, our other friend, Dave Kendrick, was in the lounge room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my friend and I were discussing something complete. I don't even remember the topic, but we certainly didn't say, like, we, we ended our statement like by saying something. Dave Kendrick bursts through the door, says, Who doesn't like Ted Danson? <laughs> We'd said nothing about Ted Danson, <laughs> but Dave loves him so much, he just heard. Us say something. Ted dancing into any kind of conversation. Maybe I said like I don't like when bread is dancing or something (laughs) like. And Dave Kendrick just heard this, 
which I completely agree with because His sentiment is correct. Is, yes, and it's true. If anyone I saw anyone dissing Ted Danson, I'd say, "Excuse me, sir." <laughs> you would interject what do you think as well. You're, doing? you're out just standing in line to. At the bank or something like that, and someone behind you says, "I don't can't stand Ted Danson." Excuse me. That's just how on the ball people are, though. Because we didn't even say anything about it, and he was ready to jump. So what you're trying to say is Ted Danson is beloved by all. Well, and if you don't, you're wrong. Yep, sure. So much. He is great, and I think he's he's probably the MVP. Except I think my favorite performance in the entire show is Darcy Carden. Fuck, she's great. Yes, (laughs) Janet is so good. And honestly, in maybe the first couple of episodes, I was like, I thought it was cute, but didn't love it. Thought it was gimmicky. A little bit gimmicky. Originally, I hated it because that is a trope that I really have grown to dislike. Sure. I. What's the trope? Just to be honest, the topic is deadpan positive delivery of negative things. Sure. Right. And that is uh, controversially, I didn't exactly enjoy as much as everyone else did Alan Tudyk's performance in Rogue One because oh. he was just and have you seen or like read much about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy I mean I've read the first book I think and I've yeah. watched the movie because he's, he's basically isn't it just one book no, no there's a series like, of books it's like six books what yeah you've got to oh read God. them Damascus they get no. better I, I, yeah I have time to read and, Sean <laughs> but you're talking about um, the android I'm talking, yeah the, uh, uh, Marvin the Paranoid Marvin Android. the Paranoid Android yeah um, and it's just a Alan Rickman it's the kind of thing mm. where um, yeah normally I wouldn't like it but Darcy Carden her performance in such a way and they've given her the right amount of lines and tweak her every now and then she just she's my favorite thing well about this, this is what we're show. talking about earlier is the sitcom that evolves yes. yes so we also have an evolving Janet who is that yep. one kind of no one joke character yep. who we see become you know, She's childlike, but she changes. And then we see her with vulnerability and it's really lovely. We get lore about her and like she gets developed more than... We get bad Janet. (laughs) Bad bad Janet's great. But there is a moment, again, we won't talk without without being in the spoiler section, but there's a moment in the middle where all of a sudden my interest in Janet went straight up. And the performance, the character... And not that the performance improved, but all of a sudden the performance made sense to me. And you just change those... Deep, those elements around her and everything about gets a million times more interesting and funnier, honestly, as well. Mm-hmm. It was... Oh, yep. she, it's I, interesting doing the rewatch and loving Janet from the beginning. Sure. And just, like, oh, I love I was Janet When so certain episodes were coming up, I was like, oh, I yeah. can't wait for Janet's bit in <laughs> yeah. this. But on the note of the performances, I do think there is one really big weak link in it. <gasps> I really hope it's the same oh. as mine because I have been... Just ranting my head all week about this. Manny yeah. Jacinto's character, his performance, Jason as Jason Janu. or oh, Janu, does thank you nothing for me. Yeah, in fact, agreed. I almost bailed on the show when there's a because again, I don't want to get into specifics, but his there is a moment where things change for him, and almost instantly as soon as it happened, I was like, I don't think this is very good. I think this is kind of rubbish, yeah, actually. He, and that his his trope which is kind of similar to the Janet thing in that he's he's the dumb dumb who's always positive about what he's saying and a bit clueless mm. um, doesn't evolve I really ever yeah I really do want to get into this in spoilers yeah let's talk about in spoilers um, yeah yeah but I mean Michael sure has done this before I mean we've had Andy is yes. the dumb dumb yes but and there I, are dis- Andy did nothing for me in season one of Parks and but Rank there are well. distinct yep. differences between the two yeah and 
perhaps talk about that in spoilers. Part, I, I think it's less to do with the writing and more to do with the performance, though. I think so, yeah. I, I really don't think the performance is great. Just not, I find him grating. He's not as charismatic as Chris Pratt, and I think that's... That's partly it, yeah, yeah. definitely. He just isn't charismatic I mean, I tweeted the other day that I thought his cadence just zapped the funny out yeah. of all of his he lines. He sounds like he's just putting because, on like a fake dumb accent Yes, all that's the, time. the thing. Just If the line is so dumb that, that like the funny is already there, you don't then need to put another layer of, I am talking like an idiot. Yeah. Like this is why stupid little voice. The yeah. bits I've seen of the US office, which is actually a lot of bits now just by sort of osmosis and my brother, mm. Michael Scott's a perfect example. He says it with confidence. He yeah. says it yeah. with... But you listen to the words and go, that's hilarious because yeah. you yeah. are so dumb. Um, it it yeah. feels like he is a character that would not exist in real life. Yeah. Whereas everyone else, even though they're heightened, I can see them more as real people, yeah. whereas he feels like a, a device. Is there anything else before we get into spoilers? I think we're probably I, racing towards spoilers. To I just want to say I love the general design and aesthetic of this show. Mm-hmm. The, the green... Title card with the font choice, which very is Apple. Uh, it's <laughs> very Apple. Very just that that like this is the modern clean aesthetic we well, see yeah, everything that's, being right. That's everything modern except, and clean. Everything yeah. except the font. Apple like, sort of set the tone for I think even back in the days of the, like the iMac. The font in particular is not and until now is not a popular font. Like it's a very outdated font. It's called a. Uh, Brandon Grotesque Bold. But it's, uh, I, love, I love that our design... This is what happened when you get a graphic design on No, this is brilliant. <laughs> but yes, uh, it's something that you would never really consider, but suits so well in such a subtle way. That's just something that I mm. really liked personally. I 100% agree there. with all of that. Lovely. Very cool. And even just like the... Um, the the town itself oh, the like, neighborhood i want to go to that neighborhood the it house feels as well good, like, eleanor's house i've been yeah. to connecticut so i feel like i have been to that neighborhood oh how was it um i mean there wasn't a gaping hole in the middle of the town so that's <laughs> nice. people went to keep turning into like half picasso monsters but no it was good <laughs> but yeah michael's michael's office in particular is really yep yeah just beautifully designed the whole thing is very clever to dance in suits yeah, this is bow tie in the first yep. episode. Actually, I rewatched the first episode after mm, getting so to the good. end of the suspenders. season. The suspenders. <laughs> just his, his peacock tie is amazing. Yes. Bow tie. I love it. Okay. Anything else? Nope. Okay. We'll get into spoilers. But first, let's give our scores on this episode. Out of five, how would you rate The Good Place Season 1? Sean Kirkpatrick. Mm, I'm going to give it a good old four out of five. Four out of five. Very good. Damask. Oh, it's. Do we just give the straight up score? Just give a score. You four. can give it thoughts if you want as well on why. For it's no four. thoughts, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, for. I think for the most part, I am incredibly excited by this show. It's a fantastic, I think, really well put together first season. Um, but yeah, there are things that rub me the wrong way. One of those being the character of Jason. And there's another thing as well, which I'm excited to discuss to get your Great. opinions on. Okay, interesting. I am going to be the descend sort of voice here descending voice and say I'm going to give it I'm struggling between a 3 and a 3.5 and I kind of after giving The Wire (laughs) maybe I'm just a negative Nancy this year after giving I gave The Wire season 1 a Mm 4 I've got to give it at least a point down on that it's not that I don't like the show I think there's there's plenty of good here I'm going to give it a high 3 you guys need to start doing like categories Um, of rating systems because it feels it feels (laughs) no don't do it actually but it feels this is why I was trying to think of a score and 
I would compare it to shows that I really like, but like long drama format things. They just excite me for different reasons than this does. Well, I'm even comparing this to something like... I certainly think this is a lot better than like Parks and Rec season one, but it's like nowhere near my favorite season of Parks and Rec, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's a very interesting show. It's a really interesting show. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing where it goes next. But I don't think... I think it's successful in some ways and not as successful in others. Mm-hmm. I guess well, the one of the things I, I... I didn't find myself laughing as much as you guys did, I don't think. Oh, I, I was This is one of my most loved shows. A lot. I yeah. did not laugh a lot. And sometimes I think... One of the performances really gets in the way for me because it's a pretty big part of the show, really. Mm-hmm. It's big enough that, and like in, integral to the plot as well, mm. um, that, that that took it down a fair notch for me. I wonder if you laugh more on the rewatch because I'm Maybe. trying to remember my reaction the first time and I can't really remember now because it was a while ago. But yeah, I wonder if it was. I, just I a did experience. start rewatching the show again though. Like I watched yeah. the first couple of episodes again and didn't really laugh the second time around either like i like the characters enough um i mean people should know that you have no sense of humor basically that's true and you did use your specific laughing vocal cords in an accident so you can only make a harsh gargle when you find something funny Mm. so i i admire it more and i and i like it i just don't love it yet Okay. And I think Liam wanted to let me know as well. Liam, my brother who's been on the show before, wanted to know that he fucking hates the show apparently. I heard this nonsense. Yeah. I mean, he can have his I would opinion, love his fine. opinion on that. I don't I definitely am nowhere near that. But if he's got criticisms, I think I understand them as well. Well, let's talk about that a bit more in spoilers. Woo. But the last question before we get there, should our listeners wait uh, uh, wait and watch the show first before they listen to the rest of this podcast or should they listen to the podcast and leave the show They behind? should definitely watch it just because of how it's structured and I think um, yep. to get the best experience, just watch it. I agree. You spoilers. should definitely watch it. It, it is only 13 episodes at 20 minutes each and it's on Netflix. Go and watch it. I breeze through it in two days. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. You're now entering... The spoiler zone. Spoiler warning, on this episode we will be discussing everything that happens in the first season of The Good Place. Before listening, we recommend watching all of season one of The Good Place. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Now it's time for story time with Damask. Kids, I'm going to tell you an incredible story. Story time with Damask. Hi kids. Alright, let's get started. Kristen Bell, or Eleanor Shellstrop, wakes up in the kind of afterlife we all hope is true. One where Ted Danson is in charge and he tells you everything is going to be A-OK. 
His name isn't Ted Danson, though. It's Michael, and he's the architect of the community Eleanor will be living in for the rest of eternity. It's a delightful small town full of friendly people and countless frozen yogurt dispensaries. Eleanor is in the good place for all of her years as a humanitarian, but she isn't quite who she appears to be. After being left alone with her supposed soulmate, Chidi, she confesses that there has been some sort of mistake. It turns out that instead of being a human rights lawyer, she is in fact a human garbage bin that spent her whole life telling people to eat her farts. And while that is hilarious, Chidi, the ethics professor, is sent into a tailspin at the news. Should he confess to Michael that there is an imposter amongst them? Or should he try and coach Eleanor into becoming a salvageable bit of rubbish? He ultimately decides the latter. Unfortunately for the both of them, Eleanor's abhorrent and obnoxious behaviour at a welcome party hosted by the beautiful cartoon giraffe Tahani sends the town into disarray. Giant frogs and trash storms destroy the town. Something is not right and Michael, alongside his handy assistant Janet, start investigating what's going on. Eleanor tries to make things right by cleaning the neighbourhood and this glimmer of hope convinces Chidi to continue to help her. But someone else knows that she ain't all that and leaves her a note Pretty Little Lies style. But it wasn't written by the omnipotent A. It was in fact penned by Jianyu, Tahani's soulmate. I'm surprised the note wasn't written in crayon because this guy is an idiot. Not because he's a monk that hasn't learned anything from the age of seven, but because he's a failed DJ from Florida who also ended up in the wrong place. Poor Cheaty, who now has constant nervous diarrhoea, no doubt, gets another student to join his ethics class. Things continue to spiral out of control as Eleanor's shittiness creates a giant gaping asshole in the middle of town. Everyone is quarantined in their own homes. Except Tahani can't help herself. She wants to raise her good place points and help Michael. You see, the poor thing spent her whole life being defecated on by her parents and perfect sister. She can't help, though. Fixing heaven is a little bit beyond her capabilities, even if she did raise $60 billion for charity while on Earth. Michael, still unable to figure out what's going wrong in his own neighbourhood, decides to go into retirement, aka the Eternal Shriek, which sounds like some sexy BDSM stuff minus the orgasm. It kind of makes you wonder what kind of heaven likes hanging its past employees up by their genitals. Something might be up. Eleanor can't deal with the guilt of it all, so Chidi and herself decide to murder Janet, who is the only one who can initiate Michael's retirement. Janet is left with only the power to generate cacti, which is handy for those of us wanting to start working on our terrarium mood board from Pinterest. Michael wants to get to the bottom of Janet's murder now, but before anyone can be named in the heinous reboot, Eleanor confesses to being an imposter. Time for the bad place to get a call to come pick up their misplaced delivery. The gang try to figure out a way for fake Eleanor and Jason to stay, but rules are rules and the bad place needs two souls to torture. With no hope in sight, Eleanor and Jason run away to the medium place and hang out with Mindy St. Clair, whose passion for cocaine and masturbating makes her the most relatable character on the show. Am I right? No, just me? Okay, moving on. Poor Chidi and Tahani are on the chopping block and about to be sent to the bad place in Jason and Eleanor's stead but the two imposters come back to save their friends. Sean then makes them choose. After a lot of finger-pointing and attempted martyrdom, a thought strikes Eleanor. This isn't the good place. It can't be. Not only is there a suspicious lack of puppies for heaven, but they all have been miserable. 
She turns to their hapless leader, Michael, and proclaims that they are, in fact, in the bad place. Ted Danson's face contorts into a maniacal smile that will give me nightmares forever. Ding, ding, ding. Eleanor has hit the nail on the head. There's nothing left to do but reset everyone's memory so that Michael can continue to torture them. Will our heroes figure out their fate again, or will they be outsmarted by their immortal captors? Find out next season on The Good Place. Awesome. Well done, Damas. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Okay, so let's get... Well, let's before we get straight into it, is we can jump in the deep end here. We can just go over a couple of things we are talking about before spoilers. What was the thing you, we were both saying the comedy was affected or you noticed there were... Changes. We'll it, it was during one of the moments when Sean started popping up on the scene. So I don't know if that's Sean the same started, one. As, yeah, same one as you're thinking. No, but. it was actually when Trevor showed up. That I started to notice it. So there's a scene in the restaurant mm, between yeah. Trevor and Eleanor. But I just want to point out as well, um, Adam Scott as Trevor, <laughs> fucking perfect. <laughs> as soon as he walked off the train, I was like. I am here for this. Basically, this is amazing. Basically reprising his role from uh, Step Brothers. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was a scene where the the sort of the kicker at the end of the scene is about him giving the wine. I'm saying I'm t- turning the wine away. Mm. And the way it was edited was like that was earlier in the scene and they just popped it there because they decided yeah. they wanted to re-edit that. Yeah, they I'll cut it out. Like, can we put it back in at the end? And then when they're around the conference table and they're discussing whether basically there's meant to be like a, a negotiation about what they'll give... The bad oh, place conference case, table, right? Yeah. yeah, and they're talking about what they're going to give in exchange for Eleanor, so they can keep Eleanor in the good place. Um, they, they, the way it's constructed is just it keeps cutting to very quick on Adam Scott, then it cuts to really quickly back to Eleanor's face yeah. and back to Adam Scott, and it's like happens so quickly. And there's a couple of jokes that happen while, yeah, off screen. It's like you can just feel it being messed yeah. with, unfortunately, and it ruins the flow a bit. That comes from us having worked oh, in I'm, the sort I'm, of video editing industry I know and paying attention to that kind of thing. So I sure, like, talk about seeing the matrix with these things <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Like I'd see yeah. that stuff and go, oh God, ugh. it yeah. hurts. But yeah, but it affected me. Well, there was something else as well. There was something you wanted to talk about. Or there was a couple of things that you didn't want to talk about until we got to spoilers. I mean, I wanted to talk about Jason. Yeah, let's talk about that. And how much I dislike... <laughs> That doesn't work for you. It. I dislike the character. Yes. I dislike the performance. Yep. I miss Jun Yu. Jun Yu when he was just Jun Yu. <laughs> when he was just Jun Yu. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Why don't I like Jason Mendoza? You know, because I obviously Andy, like I mentioned earlier, Andy is an example of an over-the-top simpleton. Uh, he's by the same creators. But while Andy is dumb, he's still vulnerable in a very human way. Even from the early beginnings of Andy, you know, say in season two of Parks and Rec, you know, he's lost his girlfriend and while his attempts at winning her back are simplistic and childish, we see him hurt when they fail. He feels shame. But Jason is just simply a foil for the others. He has no honour or loyalty. Like he's happy to sacrifice his friends. Um, not because he's, you know, selfish in any way, but because he's too stupid to know that he should feel shame or to understand the situation at all. Yeah. And I still don't kind of, I mean, this goes to the larger thing of good and bad, but I still don't understand how he could end up in the bad place given that he has no understanding of right and wrong, 
Like, is a baby sent to the bad place for vomiting on its mother? No, because it has no awareness of others that other people don't want to be vomited on. It's just acting purely out of instinct. And that's all he does. He's just like a giant baby that can talk and just bumps into things. He died doing whippets in a safe. Yeah. Like, he's just an... Like, but there's nothing there. Do you think that, that, that people, like, dumb people, for lack of a better expression, can't be bad people? Is that... Like, no, is that I'm saying that there is... No one as dumb as Jason that has ever existed. Yeah, they, yeah. that's more the problem, right? I yeah. don't think I don't look at it from a rules perspective. I just look at it just it's no, hard to believe this. The character. problem is that they have made him so so dumb yeah. that he couldn't possibly be responsible for doing bad things. Well, this is the for, like for, the things he does can have bad consequences for those around him, but there's no active choice that he's doing something that's bad. Neither neither is cheaty necessarily though like he struggles just with making choices and that affects everyone around him but that's just a huge like he's just got huge hang-ups about those sorts of things he's so hung up on making sure he tells the truth or um, making choices and Mm. getting them right but he has the intelligence and insight that he could have the capability of doing that but he is so focused on himself and his own fears that he doesn't. We have no proof that Jason even has the capability to have those thoughts. That's that's the philosophy of the show, isn't it, though? It's saying that being good is purely a binary system of individual actions that add up to an amount of points. Well, that's, not the, even that's going the criticism into, of the show, though. Yeah. Like, but, that's the thing. Right? Ultimately, also, the show's not saying that's right. But also, that just might be Michael's construct. We yeah, don't know this, that that's yeah, the actual What is system? the actual good place? Yeah. We don't know. This yeah. could be... That's exactly nothing it. like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have. Yeah, that's the problem, right? And that's yeah. we'll get to that twist in a moment. Mm. But I, I understand all the ways you're talking about it. I think for me, it's just that he's so dumb, and there is nothing about him that I like to make me. We talked about this a lot. Yeah, like goes back to having no loyalty or honor. Like, what are we meant yeah. to be? Well, how, what about someone like? How do you compare him to someone like Jean Ralphio in? Um, Parks and Rec. John Ravlio is such a side character. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, he's not a main... He's but one of the main That's true too. But Jason is like one of the main characters. Yeah, this is the yeah. problem, right? He could be fine, I think, if he came in and out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But he... it. I mean, they make it at the end. It's about you four. Mm-hmm. It's all about you four. And the other three I really am interested in. And yes. the fourth one you know is what? just I've... so far behind the other three mm-hmm. that it's hard to care- give what, a damn. What I was... Exp- um, what I wanted to happen was for Jason to be revealed... That to happen, him to be uncovered and then immediately punished for it, putting more stress on Eleanor. Like, I d- really didn't expect his character to stick around. As yeah, long that's as he what did. I was thinking too. Uh, that's, I'm surprised he stuck around as long as he did as well. But, I mean, he's going to. It is a. Oh, yeah. He's an integral part of the plot, it seems. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't mind him, you know, being the precocious kid of the group. But there is. There's no. Levels to him There's whatsoever. No He's of realness so one note. Yeah, it's just, it's so jarring. The, yeah. and I it hate is. It. That's I the hate it. Exact word. Uh, it's hard yeah. to see where his growth is going to come from. Too mm-hmm. like, is, I can't. It's hard to imagine him getting much more interesting or me ever caring about him. Yeah. Really, I can't imagine him saying anything poignant in his dumb voice. That yeah, I hate <laughs> his delivery. That no human yeah. ever speaks like. like. I do believe that character could be funny if. Uh, if What's there was, that actor's real voice? I just want to hear him I, doing I'm it. I'm wondering that. that as well. Maybe I'm being too criticizing. Because there his is a voice. moment because I rewatched 
the the reveal of John Yu being Jason as well just today. He's, the way he speaks is slightly different. Well, th- there's a there's a moment where he first goes and he's actually kind of doing the John Yu yeah, thing you for think a second. He's, he's like, yeah, and true. he's sort of talking to. It's the first time we've spoken in the show. But he's talking to Eleanor in a very deliberate sort yeah. of like he's the doing what would John Yu would sound like you'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he goes, says, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out. No, I hate you. I hate this. Your delivery is awful. Mm. You're grating. And, but even and- that I'm freaking out isn't as over the top as his accent for the rest or his cadence for the rest of the True, show. Actually, I disagree. It's, watching again, it again, I went, no, I'm, that's exactly the same. But he's it's, never, not, like, it's, it's actually He's stressed out in that moment and no he's other a, time in the show is he worried about he's anything. He's a dude bro in that moment, totally, but he's not a dude bro baby. And he's yeah. got this weird kind of toddler-esque way of speaking for the rest of the season that he does not have in the, that moment. The moment I almost... Like, I had to stop watching the show the moment he was revealed and walk away from it for a day or two and go back mm-hmm, to it. Yeah. <laughs> it. He annoyed me immediately. Which right. is a shame because that's a pivotal choice. twist that happens. Yeah. Oh, the idea of the reveal is interesting. Yep. Certainly made me go, oh, what's going on? Mm. But he, that him as he was, was like, oh, yeah, God. Nah, yeah. chuck him into bin. Just can I go over it? The closest I can possibly come to giving a damn about him is his connection to Janet by the end of the series. Because Janet, I care about. Mm-hmm. And I really like what they're doing with her. They're, the moment... That she got rebooted, I was like, "Oh my god, they're gonna arc Janet!" No, no, sorry, it wasn't. The, it wasn't when she was rebooted. It was when they had the moment where he was asking. She she asked him for help. Jalapeno like, poppers. Can you tell me about jalapeno poppers? Yeah, he actually knew that. Was that. So yeah. sweet. And I I just wrote it down in my notes like, "Oh my god, Janet's gonna arc!" Mm. And I was like, "That's really cool. I didn't think that was coming." And I thought it's at that moment I was like. Maybe they can do some, something with Jason in which they take the dumbest person that's ever existed and put it up against... A naive an baby. All, <laughs> and, and, I mean, an all-knowing... Yeah. Well, the thing is, at that point, she wasn't. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. well, maybe that's where they're going to take it. I was yeah. like, ooh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm yet to see him improve through that relationship, but I think there's a possibility there and that's what I was hoping for, but I didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, let's go right to the end of this then, the big reveal twist moment that they're mm-hmm. in the bad place the mm-hmm. whole time. How do we feel about that reveal? Was it effective? Did you see it coming? Nah. Loved it. Loved it? My oh, I was... dick fell off when I was watching it. I was like, holy fucking <laughs> that, about shit. About time. Yep. I know. It's, That's it's been like dead and black for a while, a but for I'm just waiting yeah. for that last, last little jiggle to make it fall to the floor. And yeah. finally <laughs> <laughs> right. well, we can't top that analogy. So. Uh, no, I loved it. And I had suspicions about things along the way. Originally, I thought maybe that... Well, my original prediction was that everyone there shouldn't have been there and there was like a colossal mm. stuff up. Sure. The fact that it was just all a uh, construct. It rules. Which, which was awesome because that episode I r- was really disliking up until the reveal. Because it, it's set up as a, all it is is a bottle episode where they're talking about which one of them is going to go to hell. Yeah. And all it is is them in a room riffing off each other in a not particularly interesting, the jokes feel really forced way up until that reveal. And then you go, oh, holy shit, this is actually fascinating now. Mm. Yeah, it's much more interesting as soon as you get to that point. The bit where real Eleanor comes in and goes, actually, guys, I'm going, so one of you has to go. I was like, oh, that's forced as fuck. I Which, hate that. Rewatching, now it makes clearly, much more sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, that's great. And watching that, uh, that whole episode for the second time, it's maybe one of my favourite episodes now mm. because everything that feels forced yeah. is for the exact reason. Yeah. 
This is like, this is, I almost said it in the spoiler free section, but I was like, what I love about this show is that the character Michael has just made his own sitcom. Yeah. That's what he's done. That's <laughs> the world it's he's It's funny created. that his name's Michael as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I... I, I think the reveal is really good. I kind of wish that it, it it feels like it's so... Com- not that it comes out of nowhere, but that the character figuring out feels like it comes out of nowhere. Like, I think all the clues are there the for the well. audience, mm. yeah. but it doesn't feel like Eleanor, Eleanor got there organically. It's just yeah. all of a sudden she's like, oh my God, this yeah. is the bad place. I wish like, like whoa, the, the fight yeah. that they were having together was so... was It, it was bigger yes. or something yeah. to make her go... Why the fuck are we all so miserable? Yes, yeah. But it's it's not. I don't or think just it's a big, slightly bigger reflection of that. Even in the episodes leading up to yeah. it, this just true. more yeah, of a conversation true. about how miserable everyone is. Like, yeah. yes, you it does see come that. Out and field, yeah. It just comes so abruptly. That being said, I I love uh, Ted Danson's reaction. Oh, it's like you said, where he does that smile, it was, and then he lets out that really Seth Rogen laugh. Yeah, like, so yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, Michael, what are you doing? Yeah. It was great because as, at that, to that point, I was just enjoying Ted Dance and not being Becca. And so when it goes just a little, goes <laughs> twist back a little bit, I was like, oh, you devil, Becca. you he devil. He was Becca all along. Yeah, exactly. Basically, uh, no, the, the reveal is amazing. He wasn't one of the, the three dads out of three guys and a baby at all. No. Three men and, three a, men baby. and a baby. And I actually love the sequel, Three Men and a Little, little lady. lady. How good it's is great. it? Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Recommended. Um, the, it does. It's interesting. Then when I started rewatching, I had to watching the whole thing again, mm. and especially Ted Danson's performance is really interesting. There's a mm-hmm. bit like the first time he meets Eleanor, and he's like, yes. "Just so you know, you're in," and he almost laughs to himself. Yeah, the good place. I'm like, yeah. that reads so much yeah, differently it's now. Great. He's the enjoying the suspense. Of he like is. Letting he him loves the theater of the whole mm. thing. That being said, if if I died. And someone was going to break it to me. I'd want it to be Ted Danson. Totally, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. There's even the moment when Eleanor owns up to being an imposter. Yeah, yeah. And you go back and you watch his face. And yeah. the reading is so different. Because yes. it's oh, dramatically so like good. he has his moments of like mm. shock and things. But that one reads much more like it, it really does get him. He yeah. seems kind of angry, he which I never and saw then, before. And in yeah. the episodes afterwards, you notice he starts negativity starts showing through in a really more spiteful way yeah. mm. that feels unnatural to the character we know as Michael yeah. but makes so much yeah, more sense Yeah, he goes afterwards. from that like, oh, it's my fault. Oh, everything's disastrous to yeah. like... Interesting your, uh, yeah. fact, only Ted Danson and uh, 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 Kristen, Bell? Kristen Bell knew the twist ahead of time. Really? Yeah. So they... That's exciting. They are both... And obviously Ted Danson would need to know. Yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, how cool for cool. everyone else. That is really mm. cool. It's so like when Barbosa shows up at the end of uh, Dead Man's Chest and yeah, nobody like knows the, and that the reaction genuine is reactions. genuine. It's so cool. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> any, anything else in particular you want to talk about? Spo- I think there's a lot we could be talking about. In spoilers. Yeah, go on. Oh, I, I don't actually everything. have a lot of notes, weirdly enough. I, okay, so. Good. Damascus got this covered. Go for it, <laughs> I have this problem. Uh-huh. And I... I understand that's probably coming from a biased place. No, I don't. I think I know what you're talking about because I've seen your Twitter and I think I agree with you. (laughs) I enjoy the friendship of cheating Eleanor. Definitely. But they have no sexual chemistry whatsoever. No, the the whole coupling things of I love you and I should be with this. Spoiler alert, that's my least favorite episode. Chitty's choice is a 
Not a good episode. I don't th- why, why did that need... I know they were harping on about the fact that Chidi is indecisive, mm-hmm. but for that to be a thing, like I don't think any of them have really any sexual chemistry together. <laughs> No, uh, I disagree. True. I disagree with that as well. Tahani and, and Eleanor have the actually, most yes, sexual yes, chemistry yes, in the I, entire I show. Love. Eleanor's line in the last episode, which is like, yeah. and legs that go for days. Actually, I think I might be true. actually legitimately <laughs> yeah. into. She so is. I was like, she is yep, I forgot about that moment. I love all of. I love all of Eleanor's open like, lady crushes throughout yeah. the whole yeah. show. She wants to fuck real Eleanor as well. Yep. She's it's, like, it echoes back to like like Leslie Nope talking about Anne. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. just f- to the nth degree. Which, so, yeah, so she <laughs> and Eleanor have no sexual chemistry. Sure. But they keep making. Trying to make it trying happen. Trying to make it happen, yeah. which bothers me. When it, it's so clearly a coupling that makes sense to me, which is a. Two ladies, a queer couple, mm-hmm. yeah, which is acknowledged within the world, within the story yeah. by the characters. Mm-hmm. I worry that it is just forever just going to be a joke, even though it feels pretty legitimate yeah, to me as a possibility. A at, at that point, as well, that's kind of that I read as kind of like a, whoa, are they actually going to go down this route? That'd be cool. Yeah. I'm hoping they're reading the same things that we're reading because one of the things I liked at least about what they did with the Chidi's choice, right, mm. is that they didn't commit to any of this and the way that the show ends where it's resetting which i want to point that out too the one thing that worries me going to season two is the memory wipe that's a terrible way to stall progress of a story where you have to make everybody remember things again but anyway or re-establish their relationships i know you guys have (laughs) seen season two i haven't (laughs) um but it they didn't commit to the idea that chidi's meant to be with any of these people Mm -hmm. whether it be eleanor real eleanor or Tahini? Tahani. They they make that joke. Tahini. Tahani. The parents misspell it. (laughs) The wheel is so awful. I love that they give the sister yachts and other weekend boats. Yeah. (laughs) Some of the lines. It's very very Eagleton. It's so Eagleton. (laughs) Tahani. They don't. uh, Yeah, they haven't established that any of those routes are true or real Mm. or that anyone's feelings about each other. Are legitimate because they could be much. I like, like that the idea of soulmates as a torture device, as yes. though they, they don't actually exist, and your need to yep. have that one person yep. will drive you insane. Yep. I hope that's what it is. And it's great that the whole show because it builds this premise and it has to have this law around it to work. But mm. then it also gets to the end and go, what? How much of any of this is actually legitimate yeah. and real? Like yeah. how much? Apart from Janet being the one thing that foundationally comes from the real good place, apparently mm-hmm. yep. everything else is up for grabs as being construct of the bad place. Yes, which is really cool. I hope that they can, if they did have an idea of like it being Chidi and Eleanor that get together, that they might course correct to Tahani yeah. because. It would. It definitely feels way more legitimate. If yeah. anyone's got sexual chemistry, it's it those also two. Yeah. bothers me that if they only ever use it as a joke. No, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. If they keep going exactly. to a joke. It's yeah. like if they've if they see it enough to acknowledge it, then why can't they? I think they might, um, especially because yeah. of when they place that joke about I might legitimately be into it right before the memory wipe, right? Yeah. It's it's enough to it's you are saying it and also saying we can back away from it for a bit, mm. but if it's real, we and can if, get there again. It feels like if any show is gonna do that, like cause this 
this show is a, such a diverse cast. Mm-hmm. Like you've got, your four main characters are all different race. Mm-hmm. They're all they all literally come from different countries. The Good Place just course corrects and gives everyone an American accent <laughs> because you know understanding the show because apparently it's it's just apparently an American accent is no accent according to Eleanor which I thought was interesting interesting well it is for her no I know but it's just the idea that 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 American accent isn't an accent at all to her but I also love that Tahani is putting it on yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so wants to be looked up to that she puts on a hoity-toity British accent which I I just want I love Tahani as well I love that character and my girlfriend was watching it with me and couldn't stand I was like I think she's really funny in this role the first first time better as the show goes on too. And the comic yeah. timing improves. Yeah. When she first came onto the scene, I've just felt like Eleanor. I'm like, oh, something's up with you. You shouldn't be here. Yeah, but the- which was true to a degree. Like, oh, of she course, it's true. Was. A person but that when you learn her, like, her tragic backstory, which yeah, <laughs> I painted a picture of a bird. It's wearing <laughs> it's a little hat. <laughs> <laughs> I find her really, really funny. Yeah, she's great. Uh, yeah, the 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 cheaty love story, especially with Eleanor, yeah, doesn't fit. Would you? Obviously, you still want. Tahani and Eleanor to get together, but do you feel there's anything more legitimate with Chidi and Tahani? Tahani. Yeah, totally. That, Absolutely. They make a lot more sense yeah. to me. It's just really yeah. hard for me to to, to I just get don't Chidi understand and Eleanor and Chidi together. Yeah, agreed. It's, it's just like, oh, it feels no, so it's, forced it's, and yeah. weird and wrong. Yeah, I agree yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, they could, will be great as best mates. Totally can mm-hmm. see that. Yeah. yeah. that would I'll be fine with that. That should be really cool to have that sort of relationship form with yeah. them. They can be soulmates in that way. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like Ann Perkins nice. and, and Leslie Knight. They're yeah. best soulmates in that way. Um, Can yeah. I, just, I, I just want to drop this bomb early. Go. All right. This show and Parks and Rec are set in the same universe. It's in my, it's in my notes as well. <laughs> you, got, you got those three examples? I've got the Swanson Safe Company. Swanson Safe. Yep. You've got the Dennis Feinstein. The ad um, on the, the magazine. The ad on the magazine. So, the, yeah, he's the fragrance maker mm-hmm. that Jason Manzoukas plays in yep. I think the last season or two yep. of Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. And there's another one that I saw on Twitter, also, but that, I don't know if I've seen it. That magazine is called... Celebrity baby plastic surgery disasters, yes. yeah. which also features in Parks and Rec. That features in Parks and Rec. A as different well. issue to it, so they made two different issues of this magazine exist there's, in the world. There's That's a lot amazing. of fucked up babies out there. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I love the idea. I love set, the connections I, of that. I want to believe that if we ever go to the real good place, Leslie Nope's there. Like, I want to believe. Yeah. Does that mean that Eleanor has like a long lost sister that? Is, is in Eagleton. Eagleton? Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yes. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like that. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm open to totally it. totally up for that, that being real. <laughs> uh, anything else in your uh, spoiler section you want to talk about? Do, do, do. Oh, that sure. being said, I like, I'd, playing on that, that um, Kristen Bell tends to play like sort of nice, primped, clean characters a lot of the time. Mm. That being said, I haven't seen Veronica Mars. Um, seeing her being a trash bag, she looks like she's having so much fun. She's really, I, I love her. I love it. it. She's very, very yeah. funny. She's committing 100% and just like is really enjoying the role. I just yeah. get that vibe. I, I think, so yeah, when I was thinking of like the character of Eleanor is so unlikable in a lot of ways. And I think casting for a role like that is so important yes. when your character's a jerk and you need this innate likability or energy that Kristen Bell absolutely brings. Yeah. Like she says and does, you know, terrible things like eat my farts, eat which my just, farts which is, just is endlessly funny to me. <laughs> it's so juvenilely um, inoffensive. Yeah. But like we still root for her. And even when she's being snarky or mean, 
um, she she sells the joke so we can look past the badness or whatever. Yeah. But she also has a wonderful vulnerability. Like you see yeah. her fear. I think Kristen Bell's amazing. Yeah. Not only is she a great comedian, but I think she really sells those emotional moments as well. Definitely. Yeah. She um she's got a killer Julie Andrews impersonation, which she also busts out when she's mocking Tahani. Tuh- I, I saw show. something like that was like if they ever make a Julie Andrews documentary or like biopic, they should cast her. Did you see that. the the Funny or Die video where she sings no. Spoonful of Sugar? I'm gonna look that up. Oh, later. I have yeah. seen that. Yeah. That's right. I can imagine that being awesome. Yeah. The just for just a thing I just want to talk about the bad place in terms of the Trevor bad place that we sort of get glimpses mm. of as well I just love Michael Schur's versions of bad people he makes bad people so funny oh, Whether that's, yeah he belongs there yeah <laughs> just Trevor in general and Adam mm. Scott it's funny that you mentioned like Kristen Bell you've never seen her do a role like this I know he he, he, he does these roles and other things he's but not generally typecast as that though so I, I always think of him for me he's Ben like in he's more than usually always he's a nerd and I love he, he, I love Ben so much. So when he's playing a jerk in such a funny way, yeah. I love Again, it. Again, he, he so well. is having so much fun with it. So, so you can much tell fun. Everyone who's from The Bad Place, you can tell, is just yeah. on that set loving it. A lot and of them are from Glow, actually. Oh, really? Two oh. of the girls are from Glow. Cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. They are too. Um, but, I mean, just lines like, you know, saying primo dump and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of the... the Loudest laughs to me was yeah, primo dumb. That's right. Um, yeah, his, that, that just that dinner table scene actually was fucking amazing. Yep. But it's true of John Ralphio <laughs> and um, is it Mona Lisa, his yeah. sister yeah. from Mommy Parks and Recreation. <laughs> and then, and then I said that to someone at work the other day. They didn't yeah, get. It. I was like, I oh, if you knew, it'd be funny. <laughs> Bad Janet as well is just hilarious. When she comes out and like does her... her I'll rule the fart is inadmissible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she does just at the end. I love it. Uh, Those things are so funny. I really want to see the other bad place Mm. uh, just because I think that's going to be hilarious. There's like so much of like Trevor's thing is just like being a misogynist asshole, like telling Eleanor to smile all the time and stuff. Just smile or like tell her to stop talking or like you're going to get it on or like... Who are they going to believe? Me? The, or a woman. The bit that's, where the, Eleanor it's the subtle s- things that like that that make it so like, okay, you're not an evil demon. You're just the biggest jerk. And that's what the bad place yeah. is. It's just jerks. The bit yeah. when they've been like putting down shots and Eleanor decides she's going to go to the bad place. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, so uh, is this is this going to happen? <laughs> is, you know, Ew, no. You, you know I had to ask. Yeah. But the thing is like, I think old Eleanor would have seriously considered it. She's like, yep, all right, why not? And yeah. then when they get on the train and they're like talking about how like how awful the train ride's going to be, <laughs> that the the dining car is right yeah. at the back. It was hot get- and it's close. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> <laughs> Those did that you, must be so really much fun not to laugh out loud much in like, this that, show. That, like- that might be my favourite episode almost. <laughs> like I, lo- I loved the bad place stuff more than anything, especially Adam Scott's performance is just so great and the did they have so much fun writing those things yeah I loved all that what do you think about the medium place stuff where we go to I can't remember the lady's name now Mindy St. Clair her name is Mindy St. Clair Um, that's it I mean, I love that actress. She's from Workaholics. Yes, and I she's think so she's good. so funny. <laughs> I'm um, trying to well. I couldn't remember. I, I knew her from stuff, but I couldn't place right. her anyway specifically. The, the pause where she says just like how much she loves some cocaine. <laughs> it's like joking. But who, but who, wants, but who wants coke now? Yep. And then holds it just <laughs> long enough with the perfect interruption. I mean, yeah. those, those two are there. That's That's... Yeah, the, oh. I love her just just constantly masturbating. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just when she's as they're leaving, and she's like shaking up. the wrist, getting ready. So like, when isn't it mas- you're time to masturbate? Yeah. Um, look, I I enjoyed that quite a lot, and I 
I mean, the point in in the narrative at, at that moment when Chidi and Tahani are back in the good place and Eleanor just is lost and yeah. doesn't know what to do. And so she goes to the meeting place, which is, for so long she's been saying, I, I wish there was place. a meeting yeah. place. I wish there was a meeting place. And she goes there and she realises she doesn't, she has an awareness now that makes the meeting place not for her either yeah, anymore yeah. that she does belong with the good pl- in the good place and with those people that she has bonded with. Yeah. So I really like that stuff. I'm I'm really hating on Jason at that point too because Jason has been such a dick and like I understand from a character perspective it's great to have Eleanor have to talk to him and like make him come around and teach him yeah. how to be good and why he should be but good. He's just dragging the she's pace gone down so far. at that point. But yeah. it's like I just hate you. I don't yeah. like you. That, I don't enjoy you being on screen. Said, I hate what you're doing when right he now. Throws, Go away. When he throws the Molotov cocktail and it's and all just, dramatic and no. it just dinks off the train. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. But that's like that's not him. That's no, coming to me in the edit. Yeah. That has nothing to very, do with him. Very brilliant editing for that one. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Like I said, I've got very few notes. I'm, I feel like you guys have got more say than I do. About, about anything. anything before oh, we get into... I just, um, just want to... Episode 7, The Eternal Shriek. This is... When this came on for the second time, I was like rubbing my hands like, yes, this is the best Janet stuff. It's where uh, she reveals that there's a button that kills yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, please <laughs> don't. Know. Yeah. <laughs> These are my kids. Look at my kids. Yeah. <laughs> this it's is a, a stuff it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Again. <laughs> no, that, that made me laugh a lot. That was very yeah. funny, that stuff. Oh, yeah, no, that stuff's man. really good. I actually, I know we've already spoken a lot about Tahani, but I don't care because she's my favourite. Go ahead. Um, I'm with you. I, I have trouble believing that someone like Tahani belongs or should be in the bad place. Well, they, I like, I agree. Mm. I think the part of the show is high hope going forward is really looking at the rules of the good yeah. and the bad place and seeing how they're flawed. Yeah. But they did establish, I thought fairly well that if your motivation mm. is incorrect, that doesn't matter what good you did. It doesn't count, yeah. which I thought was it, well established. And while her ma- motivation is for validation, mm-hmm. I guess, Um, And, you know, when you're giving to charity or raising all this money, you should be humble. Um, But I think this poor girl has been emotionally abused her entire life and ignored. It also doesn't make sense because they they literally say, okay, it's only your actions that count. Because the only reason there's a medium place is because Mindy was a shitty person then came up with one good idea which helped lots Mm. of people. Her intention still wasn't that good. But it earned her a medium place, whereas Tahani just gets shafted into bad place. I also just find the whole thing around Eleanor's like when she apologized to everybody because she knew it was going to help her get points. But when she writes the notes and decides she's going to go to the bad place, she says it herself. It's like, I have to go to the bad place to get into the good place. I'm like, mm. but it's still the same motivation. You might not think yeah. it's going to work, yeah. but you understand the mechanics of it. I and did, that still shouldn't yeah, I've just got to. I've got to not think too hard about the rules of this because this it just is, bogs me down. Well, this is it, the interesting thing about the show is it because it's such a high concept thing, mm. there are lots of rules and law and and I wonder with the... Res- it's pretty restricted with 22... Like, I like it. I like that it's 22 minutes. I like it's 30 episodes in a season. But it could very easily start to get contradictory or confusing or muddled quickly. Yeah, but what they've done so far really... So almost all of the law we know... Mm. May not be true at all. That is true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. So That's true. they could start next season or the season after that, starting over again. Whether we, yeah. you know, we might, you know, go to the good place or something like, and find out what is and isn't so. But at this point, we have no idea. We're purely going on this fabrication of Michael. Yeah. How do we know the middle, the medium place is even? 
real. That what like anything could be. That's true. And even just the whole point of like when Eleanor's trying to get her points up, it's like that everything yeah. involved in that it is part of the same construct. It may not be a point construct. system at all. You know what exactly I mean? Exactly like, right. Yeah. It could be nothing to do with it. Yeah. yeah. Definitely agreed on that. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Should we do quick fire comments or maybe we should try? I've only got a I've, couple. I've got a bunch of interesting things I can just say as Let's just do that. Let's do, <laughs> let's do a quick fire comment section. Let's just go around the table and go through them quickly. No buzzers, no timer. Um, I just wanted to quickly talk about my favorite joke of the entire season is when Ellen, uh, sorry, uh, Tahini is showing... Tahini! Tahani is showing... She's suffered enough from her parents, mate. Tahani is showing Eleanor, Deidre and Margaret. Yeah. It's like it ran for for 16 uses on the NBC. It nearly did 30 episodes. (laughs) And I was like, that's amazing, that joke. I love that joke. Well done. And I also loved when uh, Janet and Jianyu are getting married that the song that's playing at the reception is Mm. Edda James's At Last because... Of course it is. Yeah. That's always the song that plays in those moments. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Mm. What about you? Um, Go on. Yes, Sean? Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to stack on it. My favourite Janet moment is when she imitates a human crying. And it's just... Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, you got some notes for us, Sean? Oh, I've got... Oh, okay, so I, Eleanor is a reverse Leslie Nope. She's a shitty person in a good place trying to make herself better. Ooh, and well Leslie's done. a good person in a shitty place trying to make the place better. Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, in epi- oh, Okay, here's a, here's a whole thing. Right, so uh, Chidi is French and comes from a French-speaking country. We? Yeah. You're banned. So I can, as- I can assume that during the flashbacks... We're having it translated yes. for the sake of clarity. Mm-hmm. Why is there a strongly accented Australian? Because guy he says around? in the first episode he, that's in Australia. He's in he says Sydney. that he, he so he goes to Australia. He I says in the thing that. he travelled the world. I actually only saw it when I was rewatching it. Oh. He travelled the world a lot. I was in blah 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 Australia, and I was like, I, okay, yeah. that yeah, I, I'm it glad. made sense to me the second time I'm around so, too. Or because there's also an Australian waiter during the scene where he's with his friend talking about mm. his wedding. So they're in Australia. Oh. Great. There you go. Now you know. So it doesn't look like Australia now. at all, but it's no, Australia. That's why it threw me off. <laughs> yeah. That's what it, that's like, why, yeah. Yeah. I didn't get that either until I rewatched um, it. But in that episode, uh everything on the chalkboard that is in the classroom is uh an assignment about eschatology, which is a branch of theology that deals with death, judgment and the final destiny of mankind. Oh, there you go. Very interesting. A little tidbit for you. Nice. Yeah. What else? You got anything else? Uh, keep going. Just keep finding them yeah, off until you get to bam, the end. Right. So in the pilot, Janet tells Eleanor that she can't tell her anything about the bad place, but they're already in the bad place. That's and right. She tells yes. her so much that stuff occurred to me about well. where they are, but maybe Janet doesn't know it. She's not allowed to talk about the bad place. That's why she's not allowed to talk about the bad place is because that she would be revealing that that's the bad place, basically. Yeah. So that brief recording of what's happening there right now is a lot is a farce. She's been programmed I, to. Lie I to don't. Them. And again, maybe this isn't what the bad place is. I I didn't find the fact that yeah, hell is literally w- what hell is. It's just really painful torture and stuff. I was like, ah. But they suggest I that's like, not really it either. Like they talk about like when I mean again, she wasn't really the real Eleanor. But the real Eleanor when she comes into the good place talks about. All the the things that she had to go through that Eleanor <laughs> would have hated. She had to plan a party for someone. Yeah. She yes, hated. it was like, oh, I would have hated that. Yeah, <laughs> but then there, this is another fact. I think the for a uh, simple little sitcom, the effects look awesome. It the, is a very visually 
um, complicated and in ambitious the, show. In isn't the it? last episode, where Tag the Rock Demon Monster just yeah. walks in on the meeting, it's so well. Like, yeah. They've lit the scene perfectly. He's like composited really well. Yep. This, this is me nerding out about effects at the moment. No, I'm with you. But um, that the whole scene where there's giant ladybirds and things and Ariana Grande's pumping and like all that, <laughs> all that shit's going yep. on. Uh, Fun fact, Drew Goddard directed that episode. Drew Goddard is a producer on the show. We love our mm, Drew Goddard. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. What did he do again? Uh, he was originally going to do Daredevil and you yeah. can feel his presence in the first couple episodes of that. Oh. But he, Drew Goddard is like a, a Joss Whedon alumni. He did... Oh, man. Okay. What else did Drew Goddard do? I think he... I just love him because of the wedding stuff. Yeah, he did start... I think... Was Drew Goddard one of the ones who did Cabin in the Woods? Yes. Yes, Cabin in the Woods. I believe so. And I'm going to double check this while Damas talking in a second. And also, he did a lot of stuff. I'll I'll, I'll pull it up while you guys keep talking. Uh, He did Cloverfield. He did Cabin in the Woods. He did World War Z, The Martian, 10 Cloverfield. The Martian, that's right. He The Martian. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Much stuff. Um, he would have been producer on Ten Cloverfield Line. I don't think he had much to do with that beyond that. Yeah, exactly. So, producer, yeah. yeah. Just uh, watching it a he second... He wrote the, orig- the original yeah. Yeah. Cloverfield, yeah. Uh, just watching it through a second time, realising all the things that Michael... That Michael's true nature... Yeah. Uh, for example, in the episode where they uh, get to fly... He none kicks of, the dog? None, he kicks the dog <laughs> into the sun. <laughs> Whose dog is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but none of the four main characters get to fly. Eleanor gets to hover for a bit, then he cancels it and said it's cancelled for a thousand years. Yep. The exact <laughs> amount of time the so test funny. is running for, yeah. by the way. Uh, any moment where... Because when I was thinking back to it, I was like, I'm sure I saw Michael just talking to Janet in a sad way about the good place not going so well. Every single one of those moments has one of the four main characters in the scene. Yeah. So he's just sort of rubbing it mm-hmm. into them. Because the only scene I can think of that really has him by himself or with someone who isn't one of those more fan ca- those four main characters in the last episode where he's with Sean, with Sean yeah. and then you put that conversation exactly. back into context. It's the whole idea yeah. that your butt's on the line with this thing. And yeah. yeah. Also, it's nice to have a, a character named Sean in a show. Just yeah. Never- the only times it's come up is in Scrubs where the, the tagline was, nobody cares, Sean. And then in Daria where it was, quiet, Sean. So, nice to have a bit of You're limelight. talking to Broad and Damask. Yeah, so go fuck yourself. What am no I saying? <laughs> hey, you've got... You're getting only a couple of mentions in shows. <laughs> Matthew Broderick has done well for himself. It's his surname, <laughs> <laughs> I did have someone I was calling someone the other day and I was like, what should I... I was, Reserving a game. What name do I put under? Uh, Broderick. He's like, like Matthew Broderick? I was like, yes, that's correct. <laughs> like what other example could I give? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the only one. Like Broderick Smith, the Australian harmonica player. Of course. You'll know that one. To be fair, I've, did you guys get your Twitter handles and social media things bang on? Yeah, always. Yeah. I didn't even try. The world is drowning in Sean Kirkpatrick's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other notes? Should we move on to Mask? Um yeah, Damascus. Just Damascus, your turn. If you can, you can come back at the end. Yeah. All right. Um, directional insanity is my fave cheaty line when <laughs> yes, Michael's trying to give him a couple of jobs. Um, I love Janet's fun facts, which is great when she's trying all these Janet different modes. Um, this is actually to the Julie Andrews impersonation, but she's actually impersonating to Hani, in which she's like, "Here's some dirt I put in a bowl because I'm amazing," <laughs> which I love. Um, yeah, so just a note here that says, I love Tahani so much. She's the one that consistently makes me laugh, followed by Michael and Janet picking orchids for her nightly orchid bath. Yes. She has afternoon <laughs> gloves and evening, evening gloves. Evening gloves. I Perfect. love that. I'm like, handing in my evening gloves, Michael. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, another note about Tahani. Surprise, surprise. I'm so sad for Tahani. All she ever wanted was connection and community. Mind you, she tried to achieve it in the most obnoxious way with the most self-centered people. But that's what she wanted. And now she's stuck with a soulmate that won't speak to her and a best friend that's a fraud. When, when it's explained at the end... Um, just how the whole insanity of Michael's bad place, good place thing was going to mm. work. I love that as well. When he's writing bold new concept, the good place in, in quotation, quotation yeah. marks. marks. By the yeah. way, great little clue there. It mm-hmm. comes a bit late. But we never like we never yeah. get to stick around and see how fun it is. That yeah. line yeah. is just so much more sinister. When you're yeah, <laughs> exactly. But the when they he explains that sort of like perfect symmetry of awfulness how they're gonna fuck each other over and make this this existence torture for each other it makes a, it's really well explained yeah. i thought yeah. except i still think unfortunately jason is the weak link in this because it's just not fun to be around <laughs> in, need to have that character but fuck i hate you yeah, yeah no it could have been could have been done way better uh another little point in the uh episode at the good plates the restaurant i love that title yeah. mm-hmm. that's all the all the puns in here like the the everything fits store and the um Oh, I forget the other examples, the, but they're so, great. The, uh, there's one that's just like um, something about like apprehend, like uh, uh, trying to like we predict your needs or something like that. Store. Yeah, like, that's right. I can't remember what it is exactly. Yeah. Um, but there's a everyone gets their favorite meal. Some guys' favorite meal is just a bunch of gumballs <laughs> is that right? in a plate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, um, so Patricia actually, Patricia, Patricia the chef um, is Jamie Dembo, who is from one of my favorite podcasts, Ronna and Beverly. Right. So and uh, the other lady from that podcast has been in Orange is the New Black. So they're doing well, which means go. I haven't got a new podcast episode in a while. But uh. <laughs> I'm super happy for them though. I, I want... I, yeah, I'm sure she, like, she's great. I didn't like her character being like, oh yeah, super, she's... Super like... I mean, I get, I get the joke. Of course I can do that. Yeah, yeah. I get the joke, but it's been, you did that in Parks and Rec with... Uh, what's his name? The guy that comes in at the end. Um, no oh, the Billy Eisner's character. Billy, yeah, 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 yeah. Who's just always yeah. totally frantic and stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and I, my last note was just Darcy Carden is such an asset to this show. Her Janet never fails to bring the funny. I mean, yep. pleading for the good of her three non-existent <laughs> children. Amazing. It is fantastic. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Okay, final thoughts. Least favourite episode. Damask, you can go first. Um, mine is episode six, which the title of that is... What's it about? It's what we owe to what each we other. Owe to Thank each you, other. Sean. This guy's an asset. We should keep yep. him on the show. <laughs> um, so that's just the hijinks of having Chidi hang out with Tahani in order like, to help Jason hide his true identity. It just felt cliche. I felt like I'd seen it before Mm. and because i knew how exciting this show was in so many moments that Mm -hmm. this was just like it just dragged for me i was like i one i don't care about jason Mm -hmm. um and also just the whole like try cheaty like desperately trying to keep him quiet while tahani's kind of like what's going on it's Mm -hmm. just like big big eye roll um because yeah for so much of the season this show had me guessing at every moment and that just felt like something I'd seen from another sitcom, yeah. I guess. It's a preview as to what the show could have been if it didn't have more ambition to have an arc yeah. to it, right? Yeah. It just, it could have just... Can't you imagine been, a show yeah. where it's just like the entire show is, let's keep the fact that Eleanor and, and uh, Jason don't belong here a secret. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. for the entire... And stretch it out for seven ever. seasons. And then suddenly one person apparently finds out the end of the season, oh no, next season, oh, that's yeah, all right. No, that's they fine. don't know. We can put them off the scent and that stays that yeah. way forever. One thing I do... 
love about this episode, though, mm-hmm. is obviously when Eleanor, you know, tells everyone who she is, which is, I think, indicative of what the show is for me, which is so many of these big cliffhanger moments, these big moments where you go, oh, my God, the game's changing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, the game's changing again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while this is still my least favourite episode, it does still have one of my favourite elements of the show as a whole in and it. And that's, I think, every episode in here, whether it's weaker or stronger, does always have something in there that makes it a really valuable one to watch. Yeah. Definitely. Sean, what's your favourite episode? Or oh, least favourite episode, sorry. My least favourite would probably be Cheaty's Choice. Uh, I'm with you on that one. For what you said, I feel like it's really forced that Cheaty would have a relationship with anybody here when he's too busy focused <laughs> just on his big own focus anxiety. on the love triangle yeah. at all that doesn't really yeah. exist in I my think mind the 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 boot gag is funny with his friend not wanting to say that he thinks the boots suck but it felt like a kind of weak humor to me in a show that has such strong humor it's just it's such a standard concept it's the whole so, like it's oh, really these standard. two women love me and I gotta choose which one. Oh no that everything three women everything about the plot choices in that feels like I'm just watching a standard sitcom yes yes mm-hmm. is no that's not the episode where Jason and Jenna get married is it yes it is it is yeah, right. so it's actually okay, got, that's, it's got a couple yeah. of my favorite gags in yeah. it so I, the the Deirdre and Margaret or whatever it's called the <laughs> BBC show that's, <laughs> that's literally my favorite joke. Deirdre. And the that bit, the at last bit. So yes, it's the. Yeah. It's I, really, I, I, think I like that. What I liked about that episode is while you're saying how the everyone loves everyone kind of thing felt like another sitcom. Mm. I kind of like how it wasn't just a standard love triangle. Like they kept adding people in for Cheaty to be like, oh god, another one, another one. And yeah. then they had the moment of like Eleanor and Tahani being like, let's blow this joint. Fuck this. Like. This is not what it is. That, that ending they, is very and, helpful. Yeah, and then they left and like yeah. had a f- the beginnings of a friendship That's and true. possible. possible that being said, it was it was nice that it was brought up and also resolved in basically the same episode. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it I, it's there because it has to be a seed ongoing as well. But I'm glad they didn't commit to any of those people yeah. being the correct choice because it could have very easily been still had the same ending but gone. But Wink really cheaty was going to choose Eleanor, but mm-hmm. it doesn't commit to that. Yeah. Which is good. I also love that Tahani's um, declaration of love is way better than Eleanor's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, can I have a duo? Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite episode. I'll go first this time. Mine is episode eight, most improved player. So this is the fallout from Eleanor mm-hmm. um, announcing that I'm the problem. I'm one that's caused yeah. all the issues. Um, and it's we know that I love bottle episodes. And it's not a hundred percent a bottle episode, but mm-hmm. it nearly is. Yeah. It basically it stays much of it's in Michael's office. You have like. The when Eleanor goes in has to do the checklist of like how bad were you really that's really funny that little list of like have you ever paid for and gone to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers um, and then each of them like the, when the others just waiting in the waiting room and going in one by one having their interactions with Michael and then the concept of that box which can tell if you're telling the truth or not mm. yeah. all of that stuff is very right. interesting and well written and well performed I think mm-hmm. um, and and then at the very end of it Trevor gets introduced and that like fucking Adam Scott walking off that train and being yeah, I was like this is amazing is yeah. and he hands him the thing of nuts and the fire snakes come out and it's like oh <laughs> the fire, the fire snakes, snakes <laughs> ate all the nuts you're gonna give me oh, you're Michael, too naive Michael to be trying to be cool in yeah. front of the bad place crew <laughs> yeah i love all that so i think that that was my favorite episode yeah that's a good choice what about you damask uh mine is episode nine so trevor is in it yeah um and the bad place people 
Yeah, the humour around the Bad Place stuff with Trevor, his little minions. Yep. Um, we have the intro of Bad Janet. It's yep. just more world building um, and understanding of the Bad Place, which I love. It's also got incredible lines like, you know, um, when real Eleanor is explaining how she grew up. She's like, you know, orphanage burned down, yada, 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 made my way to America, yada, <laughs> yeah, yada, yeah. yada, learned English from watching Seinfeld. Like, yeah. just I just thought that line was That's, so good. Um, yeah, sorry, you go on. Yeah. Um, and... It's also when Michael finally stands up for Eleanor um, and while the rules might say that she doesn't belong, the people around her think she does and that means everything, particularly because we see this time in Eleanor's flashbacks, she is constantly isolating herself um, from any kind of social group. Brings her own cake to yeah. uh, yeah. her birthday. Yeah. Um, to kind of pr- like preempt rejection, she does that. She's yeah. like, so now that she's been in this place and kind of been forced to become a part of community, not only to, su- well, really to survive and then it grows into something more, yeah. that it allowed her to have the opportunity to see the value of community. Um, so yeah, having those flashbacks of Eleanor, I think, gave a really lovely layer to her. Just before we get to your favourite episode, Sean, I, how do you feel about the whole idea, the entire concept of the good place quotation marks rests on the idea that Michael is able to pitch that we need to change this up for some reason? Was the system working that poorly that they needed a fresh take it on this? It was just that it, he no, was bored with it. I, I mean... He was. Yeah. I, I, but I, this is only one... I know it's only one version of yeah, like yeah. That this is this is one of the yeah. many realms. I don't know, and I, I don't know. I find that wait, wait curiously till you see, weak. Uh, but season two, and they um go into that a bit. Which okay, is, cool. Yeah, in a nice way. I think if they have been doing this since the beginning of time, I'm sure there have been many times yeah. when a demon has been like, "Let's do something different." Like, okay, why not? This is just like you're just yeah. torturing four people. Whatever. Let's that see actually how it goes. was the bit that probably helped sell it. The justification from Michael was that it's more fun for us. Yeah. Like they could have some fun doing it. Yeah. Certainly, them all being in on it is yeah. is fun. Yeah. Sean. Uh, look, my favourite episode has to be the Eternal Shriek, just just for what I mo- mentioned before. The Janet gag with the kill switch it is uh, very it, good. It's, it's my favourite, probably the moment I laugh at the most. Laughed even more the second time around because I knew it was coming. Yeah. Uh, Tani's throwing Michael the party, but then when she learns out what the Eternal Shriek is, it becomes the pinata is pinata. incredibly yeah, yeah. yeah. inappropriate. Yeah. 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 yeah, and then it becomes like grey balloons and everything's like it's like a morning party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love Tahani's parties. There's so many of them yes. as well. So good. Yes, yeah. they're very good. Mm. Yeah. Do we want to keep watching? Yes. Yep. I have kept watching. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, already done. I, I stopped myself from doing it, but I'm very curious to keep watching. And it's the kind of thing where, like, after you see an ending like that, how can you not keep watching after essentially the show that you were watching has completely flipped? It's thrown everything you thought you knew out the window. It's an entirely new I mean, concept I'm, watching it. I have my concerns. It does. It definitely, yeah, it's interesting. What, the next season, you have to go on with this knowledge that was kept a secret from you the entire time. And so. It's going to inform the way the show is, not just how you watch it, but how it's written. You're going to see things that you... They're going to talk about things they couldn't have talked about in the first season, which is cool. When was the last time a character like Michael, who you thought you knew everything about, twisted to such an opposite, but then also is... I can just let you know he's in the second season. I imagine he would be, yeah. Um, Westworld. Yeah, good point. Not touche. 
Mm. Yeah. yeah, Westworld's going to be that. It wasn't a comedy, though. No. <laughs> yeah, different tone. It, I mean, but, but they have they have similarities in terms of their concept they, being that's Janet why is I Westworld. I love this show. But yeah. it's also it's, it's a comedic Westworld, people. Yeah. It's, it's also why I think I I I I'm just want to I kind of just want to uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Justify my three out of five oh, again. High three. Mm. I love it conceptually, mm-hmm. and I think it mo- it has some really funny moments. Mm-hmm. I think it the Jason stuff represents a, that it's just not as funny as I think it could be if it wasn't so interesting. I don't know. It, it, I almost have to make it less of a sitcom because of that. And it's, it's trying to do a lot of really interesting things, which is it's a, a little shame, bit muddled. I, and I think it's a little bit muddled. It is. It's uneven. It's for me sometimes. so different from what we and have seen that. before. Yeah, and this is. I kind of wish Liam was here maybe to talk like from we a, might get him a, from a fully one. like negative perspective. So it's like, is it so different that because you're not used to it, you just, it's hard to attach to. I, and, but I find that so exciting. I like, I have never seen a show like this. Yeah. I've seen like similar kind of like large concepts, but never in a straight up sitcom. Yeah. This is so daring and so exciting. And to be I so love it. So funny at the same yes. time. Well, yes, yes, yes. I think that's I I find the comedy uneven because is, it has to push okay. that stuff aside sometimes. And that's fine. It's yeah. just that it means I admire and like the show more than I outright enjoy the mm. show, if that makes sense. This it's is, not a bad this thing. This feels to me like a show where the writing room must have been such a fun place. Because sure. some of the lines, some of the concepts getting thrown around. For that reason, I feel like they were having so much fun. Maybe a few little muddled things did slip through. Like it, it didn't doesn't feel necessarily like it was a really tight, polished script. More like, okay, these are a bunch of jokes that we can throw in. And so that's the part Jason of it too. Some is, of the humor is really broad and obvious, and like some of the lesser, like last season of Parks and Rec, not as funny as the rest of it <laughs> humor yeah, as well. Yeah. I don't find it as sharp as it was sometimes. But that being said, too, I. Sometimes it's as easy as just being the first season, right? So once you found yeah. your rhythm and they mm-hmm. can take away some of the restrictions they gave themselves in terms of not being able to talk about concepts that they'll be able to talk about in season two, yeah. theoretically, though the mind wipe still worries me on that. But again, you've said I haven't. The Theoretically, though, they can also do what I've done, look at that first season and go, I go these are the bits I don't like, reflect mm-hmm. on that yeah. and fix it next season. So I might come around and go, this is way better the second time yeah. around. I th- yeah, I think this is a show that... Every time you rewatch it, there is so much more to see yes. and experience, and you will love it, it more and more. Yeah. Yes, my experience is yes, yes okay. absolutely. Yes, because yeah. just and because there's so many quick fire jokes. Often you'll be like halfway through a laugh, not just thinking about how I funny wasn't it was. Laughing that much that, though, I was getting it all. But there were there were a lot of jokes that I second time around I I don't remember hearing the first time around because mm. there's so many you just don't absorb every single one. Okay, and so there's just yeah you can't yeah. not enjoy. I think it the, the more you watch it, you will love it. I'm fascinated for season two. Mm. I'm looking forward to getting there. Uh, now, I was going to do prediction, predictions, hopes, concerns. You guys have seen the second season, so I can't ask you that. <laughs> I've only seen the first four episodes, so... Okay, still, you've got more information than I do. Or my only thing was what I've already said. The memory wipe is a concern for me. The idea of resetting... like they it, Sometimes you do these things, though, and you clear it up in one episode and you move on from where you left off. I hope that happens because if we just have to redo what we did the first time around... That's going to be boring. I don't want to have them all have to meet each other again for the first time. It's cheaper for production, though. I I do love 
that in season two, it's just a complete repeat of season one. <laughs> yeah. Shot, yeah. shot sh- for shot. Shot, shot for shot. Yeah, exact same yeah. lines. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap things up. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so by finding us on Facebook. Just search for Hunting Seasons. You can find us on Twitter at Hunting Scast. You can go to our new website. Ooh, very shiny and new. www.huntingseasonspodcast.com. You can email us directly at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com. You can find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at B Gordes, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, where I have recently posted um, my one second every day video for January. So if you don't know what this is, it's an app you can get on iPhones and I assume Google phones as well, where you take a video every day, you take out a one second snippet, you put them all together. It sort of gives you a little story of uh, of your year, but I've just posted my one I did for January. So it goes for about 30 seconds. A second is so much longer than you think it is it's, watching through what you've just, put up there. It's funny how though when you also do it and you think that's a perfect second and you go to cut it, it's like oh no that's like just over a second <laughs> damn it I can't mm. capture that entire moment uh, Damask your Twitter account my Twitter is Maskymoo M-A-S-K-Y M-O-O what have you been doing on Twitter <clears throat> I was just talking about the good place I think and then I got into an argument with a sexist dude but that's just what about oh, what did he say oh just this uh, woman on Twitter who is a TV writer was just write. She wrote us a, a very short, funny little script um, that was an example of an experience she's had time and time again, in which she'll meet a guy at a bar or whatever, and he will be an aspiring writer, and she'll be like, "Oh, you know, well, I work in TV." Oh, I saw this tweet. Yeah, TV and all this stuff, and so like so many times, the guy would be like oh, well, you know, I'd be happy to take a look at your work. Despite this woman is far more experienced than actually working <laughs> in the industry. Than they are, yeah. Yeah, yeah but so, he's got aspirations. Yeah. <laughs> and so, he's a man. That's right. So he must know better. Um, and this guy just wrote a comment being like, oh, you know, he probably just like was interested and that was, you know, a way for him to kind of like see her again. I was like, but why is he choosing the role of being like, oh, maybe I can give you some advice of a much better qualified woman or more just qualified phrase woman? phrase it a bit differently. I would, I would be in that situation and go, oh, wow, how, can I read some of your work? Yeah, or that's can the I see point. That's like, exactly. It's because that you easy. Exactly, you wouldn't bride. think to be pan- patronizing. Oh, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> what was that? Sorry, you don't that's, have to be patronizing. You don't have to be patronizing just to uh, put the negging, it's called broad. Oh, is it's that? an actual dating strategy yeah, that people employ. Fuckheads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Sean, what about you? How can we get in contact with you? You can check out my illustrations at, at Shawnee Boy Draws. <laughs> it's, it's awful, that. Those damn ads are worst. Shawnee is spelled S E A N Y, Boy Draws. And on Twitter. That was on Instagram, by the way. That was on Instagram, yeah. Yep. Twitter. Do I have to say the at? I'm, yes, I'm 700 years old and I've only just gotten onto Twitter. <laughs> so I'm at Shawnee Boy Draws exactly the same oh, way. Oh, same thing. I got both. Beautiful. Both. Well Good done, job. sir. I should have snapped it up so I could sell it to you as soon as you got the Instagram <laughs> account. Doesn't matter. I'll get the Shawnee Boy right. Comics one. I'll uh, steal that Hunting Seasons. <laughs> I've tried to get that. Someone else has it. They haven't used it since 2013. Yeah, I got it off. I've asked Twitter for it and they won't give Wait, it to me. Wait, for what, sorry? Just hun- at Hunting Seasons. Oh, right. That person hasn't been active for over What did they post about? Years. Hunting. Fancy <laughs> <laughs> that. Uh, let's uh, I'd like to thank Sean, actually. Not just, obviously, thank you very much for being on the podcast, Sean. It's been a pleasure. Oh, anytime, guys. Uh, but also for designing our Hunting Seasons logo and graphics, you can find his work at seankirkpatrickdesigns.portfoliobox.net. How often do you update that, Sean? Oh, not in two years. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not that relevant. Use you know Twitter what? and Instagram. I am... 
I'm lifting you of the need to st- st- keep uh, pushing that website. <laughs> delete you it. You can delete it from there. Thank you what, for giving me a solid year. What um, should I? Uh, what should I put it on instead? Just, I just, just tell my Instagram? Instagram. Okay, done. That's my main sort of thing. You can even you can message through Instagram these days. It's you know what? From now on, it'll be you can find him at Shawnee Boy Draws on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, that doesn't that roll off the tongue? That works. Can you say Designs at for, Shawnee Boy George? Shawnee Boy George. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, also, thank you to Jordan <laughs> Calibus for our hunting season's theme song. You can find his work at soundcloud.com slash classicjrex. And a new credit, thank you to Lucas Heal for, or Lucas Heil, Lucas Heal. For our bumpers, you Heel? can find really? his work, I think so, at birthdayloyaltyclub.com. I'll double check that with him, though, for the next episode. Uh, if you'd like to, we'd really appreciate it if you could review us on iTunes or whatever podcast uh, app or service you're using. Those reviews go a long way to help us get noticed by other potential listeners. Um, next week, we'll be back to talk about Star Trek Discovery Season 1, Part 2. Ooh. You, you, we, weren't, we were lukewarm at best, I think, yeah, on at Part best. 1. Yeah. <laughs> that woo was deceiving. It's like then. that Manhattan clam chowder. I've seen a couple of episodes. I can safely <laughs> say the next, the second half of the season and that beer at, in the medium place as well was lukewarm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can safely, safely say the next... The second half of season one is at least slightly more interesting, mm-hmm. conceptually more fun. Mm-hmm. Damas sort of agrees. That's good to hear. No, I, I totally agree with that. Cool. I think even more. You're I, more enthusiastic than I think than that? I'm more enthusiastic than you are. Well, that's about good it. to hear. Have you watched much Star Trek or Star Trek Discovery? Sean? No, I've seen the movies and thought they were okay. The new ones in the JJ Abrams the new, ones? The new ones. Not I've the seen, old ones. But I've seen You're so no many. I've seen so many red letter media reviews of the old oh, movies yeah, that I feel like great. I've watched all those movies now. Absolutely. Um, do you think you'd, it'd be interesting coming back when we do The Good Place Season 2 in a couple of weeks? 100%. Awesome. That's a shame because you're not invited. Oh, oh damn. Okay. And well, on, that awkward <laughs> on that awkward note, we will say goodbye. Thank you very much for listening. Catch you next time. Bye. I just want to sing off to the theme soon. Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.